hand into the fire. Run. Run! Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-Earth strategy battle game podcast. Yet such is off the course of deeds that move the wheels of the world. Small hands do them because they must, while the eyes of the great are elsewhere. Fantastic. Welcome back, everyone. Dan, do you want to enlighten us all to where that's from, that passage? Uh, well, it's, it's basically from Elrond when he's talking at the council regarding uh, basically Sauron's eyes being averted elsewhere and uh, their covert operations succeeding where f- force of arms might not. Um, but also, it's you know, a little bit of a... a a nudge or a nod towards the, uh, the, the the wonderful chaps and, uh, and indeed the, the ladies behind uh, what's going on with the SPG and the recent uh, FAQ mm-hmm. and just generally all the people who are doing all the cool things to make the world a little bit better at the moment. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, the uh, the the night oh, in the UK anyway, it feels that the nights are a little bit, so the evenings are a little bit uh, brighter. Um, I always get that feeling. I always wish up spring far too early because I, I hate the winter but um the it's feeling a little bit lighter and it's quite mild in the garden with the kids this afternoon playing it's kind of i can feel springs in the air and we've got some encouraging kind of stuff going on with the the world in some parts of the world anyway and we, we vaccines and things so there's some hope around um but we won't dwell on that any more than that right so what have we got coming up on the show so as usual we have many meetings and where dan and i will have a good catch up and we haven't spoken much um the last week or so because we're both very busy um so we're gonna have a good catch up and find out what we've been up to hobby wise for the last couple of weeks or at least since we last recorded which is more than a couple of weeks um we're going to um discuss the faq and we'll do our own kind of angle on it we are very much um casual gamers and narrative gamers who will go to occasionally to events so we'll have a different um approach to it than uh, than maybe sort of the meta focused about uh, approach that you might get from from sort of heavy tournament goers but it's, it's obviously equally valid because we're, we're all playing the same game just in a different setting and a different um desired outcome um and um, well, I suppose we're just really going to discover what the, the the big changes are. That's a question, and that's a cheesy joke to get us started. Right, we will um, we will take us. We'll go for a little break now, and we'll come back with many meetings. Incom Gaming, the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire. Visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs. We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories, and can ship to anywhere in the UK market-leading gaming mats from gamemats.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk. Incom Gaming. Come game, shop, drink. Hello again, Dan. How have you been? It's been well. We already we said we said sort of last show that our two weekly shows that we like to do are probably going to be monthly, and that's how it's sort of turned out to be at the moment. Um, but uh, how have you been? Uh, yeah, not bad. Um, not going to lie, this this uh, third lockdown. Um, you know, it's not quite lockdown two, electric boogaloo. It's lockdown three. <laughs> Smells like pee, something like that. I don't know. Um, it's not been as fun, uh, as you said. The 
the days are short and the nights are long and that uh, doesn't help such things um it has been nice actually when i've left work because i am one of those people unfortunately when i when i am in work i have to be physically there yeah um without getting too far into it I, you know what we do actually is partially um you know required because we do some stuff that with care homes and stuff yeah but yeah back to the point um when i've left it, it's not been still really light but it, the sun's going down it's dark by the time i get home but at least when i leave it's yeah. slightly light and especially the recently i've been getting there when it's still dark so it's depressing isn't it when i was arriving in the dark and leaving in the dark and then all of the sunlight you know of the day i didn't see that that, that sucked a bit so it's got a bit better but yes yeah, it's, it's not been the most fun of times <laughs> and then they change the clocks, been... and then it feels really bad again for about four days and then it's all back to waste of time um so what you're essentially saying is lockdown three is about as good as police academy three rather than return of the king so to speak if we're going to use a uh, a film analogy there oh i don't know i, I didn't mind police academy three i'm just trying <laughs> okay. to think of i can't even remember police academy three um i'm not... trying to think of the worst third film Ooh. um home I'm, alone I'm... three that wasn't great was it it was a different kid as well wasn't it and that's a yeah, we'll go with that. Although I've not seen it, but yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. It's 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 kind of sucked. I mean, all of them have not exactly been a picnic. Um, you know, it's, it's always been, uh, you know, it, it impacts everyone differently. It's, uh, you know, everyone suffered in their own ways. I don't think there's anyone out there who can truly say they've not been affected by it in some small way, even if there's a certain curtailment of being able to go to events. And to be fair, if that's the worst anyone's receiving at the moment, I am made up for them i'm not even jealous i'm just happy for them because if only we could all yeah so um yeah, yeah, yeah i mean we're getting by i've uh, filled my time with with painting as we'll come to and uh you yeah, know really. that's not been too bad i've got quite a lot done which has been nice um how about yourself yeah fine pretty much the same as, as last time around um still very busy with work and and the homeschooling this last week's been quite nice because it's been half term and as parents will know, normally you're pulling your hair out at half term because suddenly you've got you've got at least a child in my case, or or many children to find time to do with. But they're still here, <laughs> but you haven't got to take them through lessons as well. So actually, it's easier. It does mean my uh, sons probably watch more television um, than he ever has in a in a half term while I when I worked. Um, normally, I'd be feeling like a bad parent, but you know needs must at the moment and you know not supposed to be going out anyway so um yeah is what it is but um things will hopefully be getting better i mean i mean i suppose i told you about this but um just after recording the last show um my youngest at nursery his bubble that he was in someone someone um, was had a confirmed case it wasn't him but they closed the whole bubble down as well so that was 10 days of him having to isolate at home um so we don't have to um unless he had symptoms himself and he didn't but he wasn't allowed to to effectively leave the house that's the way it works so yeah um so we couldn't even take him with us take him to the park or something for 10 days so yeah my nearly two-year-old was was stuck inside and not at nursery and he missed i think nearly six or seven nursery days so that's six or seven days again that i would have been working a bit while hope schooling jacob um, that I couldn't do any when I got my youngest. That's it. It's done. So I was doing all my work in, in uh, the wife and I were completely working opposite kind of shifts and um, not spending any time together in the days and stuff. So it's you know that's the hardest it gets for me. So I can't really complain. 
I know that's but, just, that's so just a bit. You did of... celebrate your wedding anniversary, <laughs> so you know, congratulations on that again. Yes, yeah, squeezed in my ten-year wedding anniversary in, in the middle of all that. Um, but um, yeah, it was nice. We um, didn't go out, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> we um, we had a nice um, had a nice meal um, and watched a film, and that was about it, really. But um, yeah, what can you do? We will hopefully try and catch up on that later in the year and, and, and get away for a night, which is what we were planning on doing. But there will be many more. Did, did you do the uh, MS meal deal? You know, other meal deals are available. No, cooked. I cooked a steak. Did um, uh, um, nice. steak Rossini. I love um, a bit of pate and a Madeira sauce. Very very nice. Some nice fillet steak, um, but God, I, do, I do like the old uh, MS meal deal because you get people so they're staring at it because it's full of they they want to do something because it's posh. So they go to MS to buy the meal deal, and then they don't know what the meals are. They're looking yeah. at it as if to say, "What's in that?" You can just see them mystified. They just say, "It's where's the chips?" There's not one. There's there's lots of MS around, but in terms of we we wouldn't. It's not there's not one close to us that we'd, we'd be going out of way to do it really. So. it's just fine. We just went to Tesco's, really, um, and just normal, normal ingredients from our, on our from our Tesco's. Just added a added a, some fillet steak, which I probably wouldn't have bought as part of my weekly um, shopping allowance. Uh, but very nice it was too. I'm saying that because I cooked it, but um, I had a nice nice bottle of red. I can't remember what I had now, but um, um, I'm sure you'd appreciate. See, that's it. the important question. That, that, that's the thing we're missing. I think. I think I people have, need. I, I I took a picture of it because I was going to send it to you and said saying this was nice and I completely forgot to send it to you which is probably a good thing because I shouldn't be sending you messages on my wedding anniversary that's a bit weird no uh, you probably shouldn't uh, the, your relationship with Tom was weird enough let's not <laughs> let's not do that again <laughs> uh, no I can't I can't find it I'll, send, I'll find the picture later no, I don't think the listeners really want it and I drank some whiskey as well so that was all good Wife pulled me some whiskey. Um, Sounds like a good evening. Mm-hmm, mm, yes. Well, I've been drinking less. Than, I, I realised I might. I realised I got through my fourth bottle of whiskey since Christmas. Was that's that's quite a lot, actually, isn't it? I got, I got a couple of gifts. Um, I got some. Um, we are homeschooling at least one <laughs> child. Okay, you can be forgiven. Well, I bought. I got a bottle of Bowmore for Christmas. Um, I saw you were chatting about it in the group the other day, but I was about eight hours behind the part of the conversation, so I thought I won't kind of, I won't, I won't, I love I won't bring that thread back. Um, and yeah, and it's a bargain at the moment. Tesco's, if you're a club card holder, isn't it? It's about twenty five pounds. It's about ten pound off. Um, I ended up getting another bottle because I was enjoying it, and um, yeah, I've had a couple of others as well. So I probably had about three. I've got one half full, so I probably had three and a half bottles of whiskey. That's including Christmas and New Year, and my my, my birthday was in Jan as well on the 7th so there's been a few occasions where i can uh have a tipple or so I've, I've not become an alcoholic during uh during this winter lockdown um well you're definitely an alcoholic because you can't go to meetings because social distancing <laughs> oh dear well anyway i'm comfortable with the amount of whiskey i'm drinking in fact I, i'd like to drink more anyway um other than that yeah fine just just been pretty busy really it's been a shame to not be able to get together and record but we kind of hinted that might be the case until um sort of schools went back and my work was was not two or three weeks behind which it still is really i'm not really catching up at all unfortunately because of that um but anyway we've got some other news haven't we so our um our, our, our fantastic erstwhile um mostly absent um third host part-time host um he's got an excuse now a proper excuse because he's uh sam has just become a dad 
So uh, congratulations to Sam, his wife Emma, and the new arrival Penelope. So uh, he's he's got his hands full now, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, she looks absolutely gorgeous, and um, looking forward to um, you know giving him a couple of weeks to settle in. I'll be looking forward to chatting to him and finding out uh, how he's finding it all and hearing all the, all the stories of of new parenthood because it's a complete yeah. mixture of absolute adoration and pain. <laughs> For a man who loves his sleep, he's probably feeling it now, <laughs> or or he's not feeling it, and he's in the dogs in the doghouse. One of the two tends to go uh, tends to go two ways. Um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. And you've got a couple of announcements as well before, haven't you? Before we get into what we've been up to hobby wise. Yeah. So um, the winner of our t-shirt competition. Uh, He's finally had his T-shirt posted. I won't say his name because he's not put his name out there publicly, but uh, Fifth Godsmoot, that's his uh, sort of handle on Instagram, um, his shirt has now finally uh, gone. And unfortunately, as you quite rightly said, we've been reasonably busy and I'm also slightly forgetful. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that is now gone. So uh, hopefully that will be, uh, they said beginning of March, it should arrive because they have to make them as they uh, once the order's taken. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a bit of feedback will be great on that uh, once that arrives. Hopefully it's good. Yes. Because yeah. you are somewhat the guinea pig. Yeah, because we've not ordered any for so, ourselves yet, have we? That's something we've no. to do. Um, I'll, I'll wait for my summer bod. I'll get a size smaller then. I'm joking. Uh, I'm, I'm hopefully going to be two sizes smaller when I get to the summer. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. And uh, so, secondly, um, you know, in light of how much this year has kind of sucked this calendar year um i got to thinking about something that could be done um in some small way um looking at you know the, the mental health side and the chances are by the time this is out um we're recording on the 21st and i'm planning on uh, starting this on the 23rd um You'll have seen uh, posts regarding uh, raffling my Galadriel mummy. So I'm putting up for raffle. Um, the short of it, uh, there'll be sort of links in the uh, the show notes and uh, there'll be links on all of our uh, social media postings and all that kind of thing and my personal uh, Instagram, etc. Um, for every fiver someone's um, donating, um, we'll get an entry into the raffle. And this is all done on behalf of the charity Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a uh, mental health charity. Um, wanted to do something to support a charity that's obviously doing so much support, so many people in quite a sucky situation right now. So, um, yeah, full details will be out um, sort of on the posts, and uh, I'd imagine we'll probably recap it shortly after the, the this particular episode goes out. But, yeah, my, my Galadrim Army... Um, all proceeds from the um, the campaign will go directly to the charity. I'll pay for the sort of postage and packing myself. Um, basically, I'm, what I'm trying to do is raise a, a minimum of £365. So that's £1 for every uh, day since the uh, 23rd of March 2020, because the 23rd of March uh, 2021 is when it will close yep. um, towards a great charity um, by basically... Uh, giving a little something um, to do something good for other people. So, yeah, the, uh, there'll be more details of that uh, coming out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you'll see it in all the posts and stuff. So if you can, um, please 
you know, donate. Um, even if you don't fancy trying to go in for the, the army, even if you've got pound or something, anything you can give would be much appreciated because for a really good cause. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what a fantastic thing for you to donate. What do you want to say while you've got captive audience? What do you want to say what's in the in the army for people? Yeah, of course. It's um, it's we've we've posted a couple of pictures of it else, uh, elsewhere, but it's my uh, autumnal themed Galadrim army. It's all on the uh, wonderful generation shift bases with sort of leaf litter and stuff. Uh, you've got the um, Galadriel and Celeborn with uh, the mirror of Galadriel, um, armored Celeborn, armored Haldir, the Galadrim captain, Galadrim banner, Galadrim warhorn, four guards of the Galadrim court, um, two Galadrim knights plus their relevant dismounts. So they've both got the uh, sort of uh, Elven Blade and Shields, um, four Galadrim with Elven Blades, uh, three with uh, Spear and Shield, and three with Bow. So it's not a huge army, but it's it's all fully painted. It's all uh, pretty reasonably done, I would say. Yeah, very um, nicely painted. It's uh, all magnetised as well for storage and for, you know, um, transport, etc. And, yeah, basically, if you um, donate £5, please, um, then you'll get an email. Uh, send a picture of that to the... Um, either our um, Facebook page or um, by message, yes. or you're welcome to email us at uh, podcast at gmail.com. With it, you'll get added onto the list every uh, £5. So if you wanted to be more generous and donate more increments of £5, you'll get multiple entries. And then on the uh, close of the 23rd of March 2021, I'll uh, randomly draw the name and then uh, get in touch for shipping and then i'll mail it out and then the the full total of everything that's come in to the just giving page which we've set up will be sent on to uh calm to do to do some good absolutely so uh, i suppose once you've got the post out there um let's uh help share it so if you listen to this and you one way you can help even if you can't afford to to donate will be to sort of share that post make sure that that gets out there as, as much as possible because the more people see it the more people hopefully donate and it'd be lovely if uh, actually s- smashed your target of uh, 365 as well it's uh it's, a, it's an awesome army really well painted and a really nice sort of core if people wanted to add elves are quite expensive anyway you don't need you probably how many points was it i know you was there was at least 500 wasn't it originally because it was um your, yeah your it was it's plus a couple of additions of characters and stuff so um probably about 600 points uh-huh. which is it's a good a good little starter army for for what well, it covers an awful lot of of sort of standard weekend events and things so Sounds fantastic, very, very cool prize, especially if you think, you know, you're donating a fiver and um, you get all that sort of money's worth of painted army. Definitely worth it. Cool. Right, I'm looking forward to, um, I mean, I spotted that earlier today when you uh, when I saw the email drop into our inbox and then I messaged you and said, are you uh, moving your Elven army on by any chance? And you uh, didn't realise that I saw the, saw the email, but I think it's an absolutely fantastic thing to do with an army that you weren't going to use, but also the... the, the the, the cause is um, always a good one. And we used, um, with the old events we used to do with the, with the Geno podcast, we used we used Calm as the uh, as the charity um, for the painting competition I, I ran there as well. Um, so something that's close to our hearts, I think, definitely, and, and even more poignant with, with the world, the way the world's been in the last year or so. Um, anyway... Why didn't you tell us about all the stuff you've been very, very busy, haven't you? Since, since you've just carried on plowing on with your as a painting machine. So why didn't you take us through what you've been up to since we last chatted? 
Yeah, in lieu of anything else to do, I pretty much have spent the last month or so painting. Um, it pretty much has been the sole thing I've been up to. I've not really watched much um, telly or anything else, um, apart from catching up with WandaVision, which <laughs> has finally started to make a little bit of sense. Um, very odd. Very odd indeed. But yeah, um, so I finished my Mordor Army. That is uh, fully painted and based now. Um, I did my order um, because, you know, Matt seems to know when I'm... Uh, after basis, because he'll always do a flash sale. So on, at the end of January, he did a 15% flash sale on Saturday. I think it was the 30th. So their bases all uh, got bought then. So um, within the month of January, aside from parts of the troll, because um, I did repaint its armor, uh, and I didn't redo any of the Witch King. But aside from that, I painted the full force of a 1,000 points worth of Mordor. Um, I think after we actually spoke... Uh, last record, I painted the Mordor Catapult in its entirety. Uh, managed to get hold of a Moran and Orc with Banner on its own, uh, a resin one. Uh, so thank you to David Lambert. Promised I would uh, shout you out, so there you are. Um, yeah, got all the bases, um, got all those uh, drilled. Um, haven't magnetised them yet, though. Um, I need to order the magnets. They're just super glue in, no problem. Got it all painted up and... Um, on the channels, etc., on the social medias, I was, uh, you know, I was quite happy with it, actually. For for an army, I wasn't all that bothered about painting to begin with. I actually really enjoyed it, genuinely, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and as it turned out, other people enjoyed it too because um, we were. I was asked uh, whether we could uh, or they could feature it on the Hobby Roundup on Warhammer TV. Naturally, I said no. No, I did. I did say yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, they showed it off and said some really nice things. And you know somewhat mercenary about it um they actually picked it up off the uh podcast account so we got a little bit of a shout out on uh, warhammer tv which i thought was pretty cool that was good i didn't know whether they would whether it'd be allowed or not especially if the i mean obviously we're we're um we're pg-13 i'm pretty clear here isn't it if you i mean if we get some uh, quite a lot of hobby podcasts including the one i was previously involved with can be a little bit close to the mark so i didn't know whether they would uh would say but i, I don't think they made a, a thing out of it really they just mentioned the name which is good i know when i picked up one of my things um a few months back they it was off my painting page rather than on, on the podcast but um that was cool really really cool but most the most important thing is you've done You've completed a really beautiful thousand point army there, and I know you've got plans to expand it. And um, it's a gorgeous looking army. Hopefully, you get to take it to an event this year because I think you'll have a really good chance of uh, um, picking up picking up a painting award with it. Um, and um, and it's you, know, you deserve to have it picked up and, and put on the screen there because it's absolutely fantastic. And it's it's been really while I've been doing practically nothing um personally hobby you've kind of gone to got into this groove where you're churning out loads of stuff and it's quite nice really that you've you've hit your straps at a time that i'm not able to kind of be constantly painting stuff and, and posting up pictures so you've you've kind of pretty much single-handedly kept up our social media um so far in 2021 so i'm, I'm very appreciative of that so thank you dan but yeah but most important thing that army's gorgeous and really really cool um thank you very much Hopefully, very much. some table time soon. But yeah, anyway, back to you. So, you because you've done a lot more. Um, yeah, because um, Matt Davies of um, Generation Shift is possibly the nicest guy in the entire world. Um, <laughs> last uh, episode, we were talking about uh, plans for the year, and I was talking about the Breaking of the Fellowship set. Um, so, he sent me the entire set, well, by Aragorn, but he just sent them to me. 
That's quite because a, he's just uh, the nicest guy in the world. It's quite a kingly gift. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I, I can't even express, you know, um, how nice that is, and how grateful I am for that. Um, uh, and then the uh, yeah, the eagle eyes of Chris Murphy spotted um, the breaking of the fellowship um, Aragorn on Troll Trader and sent that through to me, and. Uh, I then bought him, so I was able to complete the whole set. And um, I've got those painted as well. They're not based yet because I'm going to do um, some custom basing for them. Because uh-huh. uh, I'm going to do sort of the eight who are the, sort of the breaking of the Fellowship Legendary Legion. They're going to be done on an Amon Hen style base. So I'm going to see if I can do the, you know, the big fallen head. Yes. That, um, uh, Frodo stood by and this, you know, this broken statuary kind of thing. And I'm going to try and, you know, put that into the board. So it's going to be sort of, you know, undergrowth with form leaf litter and all that kind of stuff um, for them. And then I'm going to do Gandalf uh, on the Bridge of Khazadum. Yeah. So it'll be two display boards for that. Two, two little display big nets or whatever you want to call it. You're going to build them things. so that they can um, be on one board. I've just had a, just had a vision of how you could do it. And how unique, um, how unique that would be. I well, obviously I was going to make two little separate ones, but... <laughs> I just had a thought that if you were ever going to take it to an event, um, a thought of how you could do it and how how different it would be and, and obviously attract the eye because it would be different. I'll talk to you about that uh, after we're recording because um, it'll become babbly and uh, not very fun to listen to probably, but I've just had an idea how you might, might do it and it okay. might be quite cool. Well... I'm always as it's all as it's all technically one force. Obviously, you'd have to take over an event and take that force, whether you'd ever want to. I don't know, but if you, it would do, would look cool anyway. Anyway, well, I was possibly going to do that, um, but there's also you can take the breaking the friendship legendary legion, which doesn't include Gandalf. That's true. That's true. I wonder if you could do it so it fitted together and came apart. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, many many options. Many options. But um, yeah, that. that, That'd be awesome. I can't. You are. You, you've done an amazing job on painting the model. So I've got no doubts that the time you finish the board and they all fit on it, it's going to look absolutely stunning. That is the hope and the plan. So uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, for the coming months. Um, I'm less confident with that, so it's going to take longer. Yeah. So I've got more models to paint, so it's fine. Um, I've been also working on my fantasy fellowship. Um, I've when we last recorded, I'd already painted. Um, Obviously, Radagast got painted November, December time. Um, and then I did um, Legolas and... Uh, I did Legolas in December, and I think I did Tauriel in January, but before we'd recorded last. So since then, I've painted um, Keeley, uh, Bard, um, and Barlin. The Bard is from the Defenders of Lake Town set, and uh, Keeley and Barlin are just the uh, generic Thorin's Company plastics, but yeah. actually they're not too bad once you've painted them up. That I found Barlin a bit of hard set. work to get his face looking right. He's quite a basic model. I've painted, I've converted one of those to make him look like uh, um, the older version. Sorry, the younger version. Go on, we'll get the right way around. Um, before they re-released them. Um, I used that for Furnace Claws last year. And I think it's quite a nice model, but it's there's not. It's probably one of the models with a little bit less detail on the base so you have to sort of paint it. Yeah. I, I think and, with older models, um I mean I suppose it look better because he I wanted him to look young, but because he's older, um unless the 
that's it's all when the when the face is quite small and you've got smooth areas they can look quite they can look younger than they should be and look a little bit more rosy cheeks so to speak so um yeah i think but i, th- I think they're all i think they're pretty good sculpts to start with and uh, you've done an awesome job with them yeah they, they, they came out okay um so i mean i was happy enough i was plan i did think about using the young barlin but he's wearing the heavy dwarf armor and it is too heavy for his um yeah Standard Thorin's company profile, so there's nothing I could have been done with it. Because I was thinking, oh, you know, I could try and disguise a little bit of it, and you know, painting with the old um, white, snowy white hair, etc. No, no not to be. Um, I have ordered Percy and Hilda from Forge World. Um, they should have been here by now, but uh, with time being what they are, <laughs> Royal Mail have been a bit slow. But it is what it is. Uh, that Hilda model is probably one of my favourite models I've painted. It's just so different. You don't, yeah, I'm really looking forward to painting those two. And it's got some. It's just, it's there's plenty of. Um, sometimes when you've got a lot of folds and cloth and things, it can be a real pain. But these newer sculpts, um, because they're you know they're 3D designed, they tend to be quite neat, and you it's easy to pick out the detail. Whereas on some of the older metal sculpts, the older traditionally you know sculpted in green stuff um, and putty by the by the Perrys, they're all awesome models, but. You get those rougher areas where the, the molds are older and things, and you, it's just not quite as smooth when you're painting the the the, the cloak, the, the clothes, and the flowing kind of um, like capes and stuff. But um, the newer models, I find it a lot easier. Like I've, I'll come on to in a moment, but I've painted some ranges recently, and the the newer ones are a lot easier to do, to, you know, to paint than than the older oh, ones. Definitely, um, absolutely. And, and she, um, she's just an, an awesome model. I had so much fun doing it. It's just just really quirky. There's no other model like it. You're not. It's not going to be part of a batch paint. You just got this. Well, well, Percy's brilliant as well, but she's just you know he's just he's just a dude with a bow at the end of the day. But she's just got so much character. And I had loads of fun doing it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to painting them. Hopefully, they should arrive tomorrow so I can get on those this week. Um. Then I just need Bilbo from the uh, Bilbo and Gandalf where he's vaulting the uh, tree stump, which yeah. appears, you know, typically I've chosen one of the rarest, Uni- obviously, because life's not difficult enough. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you, you've you got some time to look for it as well. You're not using it as such at the moment, but... Um... Yeah, um, there's no rush for any of this, so he's more of a labour of love, so mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with it. Um I have uh, I've got my basing for those. They're all bases are all sorted. Um, custom 3D designed and printed uh, woodland bases because no one made any. Yep, um, lovely. So they've come out and they after a bit of cleaning up and everything. Uh, got those, I've got the six that are already painted on those bases. Uh, I've got two sat there fully painted looking at me ready for um, Percy and Hilda. And then I'll just mod the one that Bilbo's got because it's already got big tree stump and stuff on it. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I've been cracking through those, um, so I've been enjoying those. Um, I took uh, my old Keeper of the Dungeons today and uh, based him up and put him on a plinth and stuff just for fun, because I, I've, when I had a big clear out this week, I, I found him languishing in a box, you know, just fully painted. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Um, he got replaced by the new one, the Forge World one, and it felt a bit of a crime, really, that he didn't have anywhere to live. Yeah, why not? And it looks lovely. I've shared pictures of it today as we're recording it with you, and it looks yeah, it looks lovely on its little display print. Really so cool. um, he's on uh, Dane's forty mil cavalry base. Uh huh. Yep. And then that's mounted directly to the plinth, and I painted that up today and got him based on there. And he's gone to live in the cabinet now, so he's a bit happier. 
Uh, and then, yeah, generally aside from that, I've just been planning some bits and pieces um, for the different remaining squares of the Holy Bingo. I've decided on Easterlings for my battle company this year because it's something different to paint. So, you know, gold and red and stuff. So yeah, as much as I complained about doing it with the Galadrim, um, <laughs> only six of them. They're um, flatter areas of, of um, gold um, armour rather than the sort of intricate parts um having painted both myself now um they're definitely easier to paint than uh than the, than the elves um <laughs> yeah i've been somewhat inspired by uh because matt, matt davies of gen shift he's painting some at the moment for his uh, army mm-hmm. and they are lovely models he's got all the old metals and stuff something can yeah i wouldn't mind uh getting hold of a few of those and just painting them up for my uh battle company yeah and yeah and there's you know, it doesn't what I've done doesn't seem as much now as that it, but yeah, that's kept me quite busy. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. You've done. Um, I mean, you finished an army already this year, and that's uh, there won't be many people out there that uh, can say that. Um, and you must have ticked off God knows how many boxes on your hobby bingo already. Uh, I did. I did update it the other day. Where are we? Some good radio. This me checking my phone. Uh, I'm on uh, thirteen squares now. Ticked off. Yeah, that's pretty good going. I mean, I've got zero, funnily enough. I mean, if I if I included work, then I would uh, would have lots, but um, it's not the way it works, unfortunately. But now, as you've given yourself loads of breathing space as well, so that you can really um, target the ones that are a little bit harder to do um, throughout the rest of the year. So, um, uh, well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, actually, I've polished off two armies. I've done good and evil because I've got the fellowship done. Yeah, it's like six hundred points, isn't it? So. Um, yeah. Is six hundred points on the nose without candle. Oh, I think it? it's I think it's slightly more than that. Isn't the isn't the Legion Legion? Oh, you might be right actually. Which Legion Legion was six hundred points on the nose? Couldn't say. I'm not sure which one that would be. It's, it's been a while since we reviewed that book, but um, I've just had it in my head that it was like it was it was six hundred points, but I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, you you've. You, it's a minimum of 600 points in it. I don't think, has it got a points requirement on the thing this year? It used to be minimum of starting even armor with a minimum of 600 yeah, points. Yeah, both 600 points. Yeah, stick to the standard stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you've done both the, of them. Yeah, the MTO, um, I, I did put the, there's, there's been an order for um, the Frodo and Sam in Orc Armor. Uh, lovely models. Yeah. And sadly, um, I'm one of the, the people who's not gone as quickly. So, as much as a lot of people got their stuff very quickly, mine has had to be uh, made. Yeah. So, although it won't be anywhere near the 120 days, I don't think um, it's been a, it's not been quick enough for me to get them done uh, for the heroic highlights um, diorama thing, which I was planning on doing them for. Oh uh, right, yeah, of course. Which is a bit of a, a bit of a swine, but it it is what it is. Unfortunately, um, and these things do happen. You know, everyone's doing the best they can, so there's no one to blame. No, no, I haven't really just, fancy doing anything else. I'm still going to do those little um, bits sort of diorama thing of them strolling through the orc encampment. So I'll get it done eventually. Yeah, well, it's still a cool thing to. I I can't wait to have time to do little things like that. It's nice that you're enjoying your hobby, that you've got time to kind of to do those little fun bits rather than thinking, oh, I've got this army to do and that army to do. So it's good that you've. Uh, um, so Ticking squares as well. Doing. I wanted to do the painting comp. Yeah. 
so you maybe someone to, else is going to do something. Yeah, if anyone does a painting comp with, I mean, we might have to run one this year if, if other people aren't. I'm sure there will be, but maybe we can do one for the, through the podcast later on in the year. Um, but um, hopefully things will open up and you'll be able to enter things into uh, events and stuff like that. But um, yeah, definitely still do it. I suppose at the very, very least you can get your, have they got the same as painting a, a same model as you've got a new version so you've painted a frodo haven't you so oh i've already done that anyway um uh painting a model i'd already done was legolas oh of course yeah yeah um so yeah i'd already already nailed that one off you painted a, a man a dwarf an elf and, and a hobbit haven't you so yeah you can yeah. see how you're smashing through it mm, definitely i've already done the orc i need to do an orc high and a goblin um so obviously i'm going to do some orc high for our eventual helms deep game um, and I'm going to do some Murakai Scouts anyway, because I'm going to do both sides of the Ambush at Amon Hen, so we can play that later in the year, so I can recreate my favourite scenario. Yeah, yeah, that, um, that, that'll be cool. And then I'm going to get some Mercenary Goblins for my um, Azog Legion army anyway, so... So that will tick it. You've got it all planned. You're going to get 100%, no doubt. I think I probably still will as well, I'm sure. Don't jinx it, I'll break my wrist or something now, and then I'll be the end of it. <laughs> I think as much as I've, I knew I wouldn't be getting anything done much at the moment anyway, so once I once I finish a couple of things, things will start ticking off very quickly anyway, I think, so it's just the way it is. Yeah, you wait, the cat will try and trip me on the stairs or something for <laughs> revenge for me sending her to the vets recently. So. <laughs> Hopefully she's all right. Oh, she's fine, it's just her annual jab, so she hates it. Well, she yeah. He hates going to the vets. I don't think cats generally like going in cat boxes and, and stuff anyway. No, she cries like nothing else. So why she's called Meg, actually, because I couldn't concentrate the first time I drove her home. Right. Shut up, cat. So she's now shut up, Meg. Meg. <laughs> why she's called Meg, there you go. Exclusive. <laughs> Bless. Bless. Yeah, it's stressful. Stressful moving pets. Anyway, that's quite a tangent. We've gone to putting cats in boxes. Um, no, you've done, you've done loads, mate. Absolutely fantastic start to the year you know real kind of uh got some real momentum going there so as long as you don't run out of models you'll be okay i'm getting close actually i um because i had a grand sort out uh what friday night uh-huh. i think it, no thursday maybe because it was battle streams on friday i have um 18 moranans uh 10 mortal orcs they're gonna be part of my expansion uh, I had two members of Thorin's company that I've been able to salvage so far. Yeah. And my um, good to bad troll. And that is it in terms of models mm. for Lord of the Rings in my backlog at the moment. You, they're, they're, they're things that you can lead you down different paths, though, aren't they? Which will create more stuff. So I think oh, yeah. Azog's Legion should hopefully get done this year as well. That'll be my other army I'm going to do this year. Yeah, you've got, you've got a good... Um... A few different avenues you can go down, and, and you've got models that can start you on those avenues. It depends where you want to go. If, yeah. you, if you do that troll, you might want to end up spending money on on uh, uh, on um, Azogs earlier than you'd planned, or something like that. But um, well, the next um, battle streams is the Hobbit, isn't it? So I'm kind of thinking Azog for that. It's got to be something from um, oh, that's point, Journey. Um, so Azog this week. Not just going to do any of your plastic. Um, Dwarves or anything like that. Just something oh, that'd be boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. It would be, but it depends whether you want to start doing a working on your your Azog's armies already, or whether that's a later year, later in the year project for you. 
Yeah, I suppose so. I've if been you do your works, and, and I'm not talking about our um, uh, our um, game yet, because God knows when that's going to be. It doesn't look like it's going to be soon. But if you um, if you do your works, you can do. You've got the your, your the opposite side of your breaking of the fellowship, then haven't you? So you can. That's that's that. the first thing to do. It's um, Lurtz, uh, an Urukai scout captain, and then twenty four. So it's basically a box. Uh, a converted or a Kai scout captain, which I'll, I'll make out of something, and then uh, yeah, Ben's got a spare alerts, which I'm going to have off him. Cool. So yeah, that won't take too long. So I'll have all the parts, and I'm going to build an Amon hen. Um, yeah. I've already got. The, I've got. I've invested. I've got hills. Yeah, that's incredibly boring, but I have enough hills for a table now. I just need to invest in trees and uh, a, a mat, and I should be able to run us the full game at the end of the year. Awesome. You're not going to use your your existing table you've got for um, it's slightly too small is it because oh, it looks it's not, perfect it, because it's pre-gw it's not uh, it's not exactly two foot squares yeah i knew i knew it wasn't uh, a full four by four but i didn't know whether the almond hen table needed a full four by four so it's okay i'm gonna get a four by four mat um and uh yes yeah, so it means well six by four whatever it needs and yeah. it means you can uh, play the full scenario at the end of the year and i'll be able to host and all my own models and all everything yeah that'll be cool that'll be well, well you can get the camera out and you can uh i can be the other end and experience what it's like the other side of the web-based gaming yes there's, there's definitely going to be lots of that because my new computer's webcam is really good um so i can run that and then i can uh use um phone cam for yes. up closes and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's going to be good fantastic fantastic Right. So, what have you been up to? I've painted a lot. Um, I've painted uh, 15, 16 uh, Eastling cataphracts and a couple of Dragon Knights and Amda and Kardash and Goroth and Zagdush and um, Osculian Vets and Swan Knights on foot and Axemen of Losarnak and Pikemen of Dalamroth and Clansmen of Lanadon and some Black Vale Command and a Gondol Banner and Dern here and Damrod and Faramir and Syrian and Madril and Forlong and Angborn and Elfhelm, Foot and Mounted, Anborn and Mablung, but it's all for work. So, um, I hope you have that on a list. If you just reeled that out of your head, that's. <laughs> I've, I've only recently painted them, so yeah, I've still got the images and stuff around, but, um, but yeah, it's, um, lots of fun. It's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice job to do. Most jobs are nice. Um, I've got some really nice clients, but it's extra nice when it's when it's SPG, because um, obviously it's my my first love uh, when it comes to gaming, and the Lord of the Rings is my first love when it comes to sort of fantasy world. So I'm always going to enjoy painting those models, and some of them are, you know, most of them are, are pretty nice to paint. Actually, there wasn't many that were a little bit kind of. Uh, um, had lots of fun with them, but um, unfortunately, none of them count towards um, any squares because I'm not counting my work stuff. That would be it's not cheating as such, but it's, it's not as fun to, to do it that way. Um, it definitely gives me advantage for people who don't pay models for a living. Um, but I had some good fun doing them, and I, was, I sort of hinted a bit earlier that the difference with the, with the kind of sculpts and, and things. So, painting the metal Damrod and Faramir, and, and it, they're nice models, but there's you, you know, there's it's just a different era in, in, in sculpting and style. Something I did notice, we talked about with with you, um, this isn't a criticism as, as such, but is that the the new to Anborn and um, Mablung, um, they're quite small. 
quite they're quite kind of um so the the new digital sculpts but um they they're smaller than um they're a lot slighter, shall we say, a lot thinner than the, the older metal ones, and you, you tend to have scale creep. And these look more like true twenty uh, eights rather than than some of the the newer stuff. Um, it didn't look odd on the table. They didn't, look, but it, they were when I built them. I picked them up and put them, was holding them next to the other metals, and I thought, oh, actually, they look small. Whereas some of the other newer models, like that style, and you hold them against the metal, older metals, sometimes they can seem bigger, but. And they're really cool, though. Such beautiful models. I really enjoy painting them. Um, um, yeah, it was. I think the, uh, probably the one I enjoyed painting least was the new Elfhelm model, and it's just because it's a pain in the ass to pick out all that little gold filigree on top of the the green leather. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, other than that, I had loads of loads of fun doing it. It's really I'm just painting, even painting tartan on on models on, on the on the the um, clansman wasn't too bad either it's just nice it's um those older sculpts they feel like you're painting historical miniatures it's a bit like when you're painting a, i mean it's like a sailor like everyone does it but i've done commissions with like saga war bands and things like that and it it feels a bit like that i don't think i don't know if they're all painted by the, the perrys and obviously not everything was but you've got that kind of feel that you get that we have from a from a perry historical miniature with painting some of those older models and it just feels like that and it's cool and i enjoyed it yeah yeah Really good fun. So they'll be winging their way off uh, to America tomorrow. They get collected. And um, David, um, who I know is um, a listener, he, he got through the last few shows um, while um, while waiting for me to finally get around finishing his work. So um, so hopefully he enjoys playing with them and uh, they get there in, in, in one piece. Always makes me nervous sending, especially metal mon- miniatures with pikes and stuff overseas, as, as well as packed as they are. But um, yeah, good fun doing that. It's nice to at least paint something Lord of the Rings related to talk about. Um, and I think I've shared a couple, some of it already so far. By the time the show's out, I'll probably share the rest of it on... And, at least on our Facebook groups and stuff. I've not put anything on Instagram yet. Um, and then what else? So I've done a little bit more work on the um, the Moria goblins that we need to play for our, for our, for our next show. So there's definitely pressure on. It's just the armor left. Um, I did a few more bits. I thought I'd, I thought it was just the armor left before, but I had to do the hair and things. So it is just the armor. And then if I get the troll done. Um, we're good to go apart from building the uh, the terrain, but I reckon I can knock that out relatively quickly. Um, and then, what else? Oh, oh, I want to thank um, Father Justin Birchand. So from, um, quite a lot of people will know uh, Father Justin. I know he's been over to uh, Ardacon and he's um, in a lot of the groups and stuff and quite active. Um, he sent me... Um, um, a king's huntsman essentially I was a member I was trying to get hold of one um, and not pay ridiculous amounts of, of money for one um, I didn't want to buy the whole set and only use the one model um, so I was trying to look for one at a reasonable price and he messaged me and said I've got I've got well it's, it's most of one I've got to add a little bit to convert it but he um, he popped it in the post and sent it over from Canada to say thank you very much really really appreciate it. really really nice gesture so we've both been, been getting free stuff it's uh it's good this uh, podcasting malarkey, isn't it? Um, <coughs> but other than that, that that's me. As I said, I've not really had a chance to do any personal hobby. I've had a lot of thoughts about the kind of order I'm going to do things, and I might have mentioned this on the last 
show, so apologies if I'm repeating myself. But once I've finished this Moria lot, I am going to, instead of jumping straight into Rohan, I am going to spend time just working on Smaug. I'm going to do it to completion. It's my treat from for kind of painting a Moria army that I don't really need so we can do it for, for scenarios. And just because I've been so busy, we're not been able to do my own stuff. I've not lost any mojo, but I didn't really want to plow after the Moria straight into like 60 Rohan foot models and then Uruks afterwards. I wanted to give myself a bit of a treat. And I want to do some more videos for our YouTube channel. And I started doing the Smaug build and I've done nothing with it. So it'll sort of kill two birds with one stone, really. It'll give me something really special and cool to work on and really get my kind of hobby juices flowing again. And I imagine that will be as the kids start to go back to school and we slowly start to come out of lockdown here, which is what it looks like it's going to happen through spring. Um It'd just be a nice thing to do um, and get get some momentum going. I can go back into the, the army painting. So I will, I'm not going to record every bit of the build and of the painting, but I will do what I did before. Where I'll do a bit of a demonstration of the next stage of building and then do most of it off camera and kind of show you where I'm up to. But I will start putting videos out. Just be a really fun thing to do. Um, and it needs to get done rather than sitting in a box. So that's my plan, really. Finish these goblins and the and the Moria army, so that we can record those those two shows um, that finish off our coverage of, of the quest of the Ringbearer. And then my my treat will be to spend some time just working on the one big model, which is a nice thing to do when I'm working all day painting for for a living, painting inventory models and things. Sometimes, as much as I, it's never taken my way my enjoyment of painting. Sometimes the thought of then sitting there and painting more inventory size models can be just come just be like oh i was going to pick up the playstation instead sort of thing um so maybe playstation 5 was a little bit of a distraction but to be fair i haven't spent, <laughs> i haven't spent my, i've been turning it on at 11 o'clock at night and turning it off at midnight and going to bed so i've not really put much time into it but still that's the kind of that's all i've had the energy for really rather than sort of sitting sitting down at the desk and painting when I've been sort of putting hours in in the evenings but yeah I'm quite really excited about starting Smaug so that's my drive to finish off the goblins will be the the treat of cracking on with that model rather than putting it away in its box all the time good good shout though uh, it's a model I keep thinking of everyone's because the uh, games workshop are doing a promotion at the moment if you're if you've logged in using the Maya Warhammer thing oh, they've changed yes. on the website uh, and you've got something in your basket it. they'll give you 300 quid yes so, so I wonder how many people <laughs> just can stick that in your um, basket. That's a good shout, actually. He's three hundred and sixty, but maybe they'll take part. You know, they'll, they'll, uh, you have to put yeah. the rest on or something. Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know how they'd work it out actually. Because what kind of multiples would you be allowed? I don't know. I, I what's the cut off for that? I need to do that. Uh, sim- I'm not sure, but I know sim- that there's an Azor's Legion army and both of the uh, Beckwin books in mine. Does it? Is it? I I'm, I don't know this, and you probably might not know the answers either. But does this mean that we're going to be able to order across both websites now without and get it all sent in one thing? Is that how this is going to work eventually? No, not at the moment. I don't think. Um, although I would suggest this is the first tentative steps to incorporating the websites. Yeah, I really, really want to do that because the amount of time and a lot of people will. I know you see people all the time will say. I'm going to wait till I hit free shipping. Not that I think it matters anymore because the shipping, I think, is so cheap now anyway, at least for us in the UK. Not, you know. um, yeah, let's not touch that one. <laughs> Forge World used to be 
a lot more expensive for shipping. Ten percent. Yeah, you used to, you made, well, used to make me think. Oh, well, okay, but twelve percent at one point actually, I think it was up to. I think so, but there used to be quite a lot before you got free shipping, wasn't it? It was like sixty quid or something like that. You used to have to hit two hundred and fifty pounds to get free shipping. It was twelve pounds. It was twelve percent. That was the really long time ago, wasn't it? But about back in the back in the, in our heresy main days when I was doing Gino with Tom, I'm pretty sure it was like 60 quid or 80 quid was your free shipping. Still 75. Is it? I thought it was... Still 75. But isn't it, only, no. but isn't it only like £3.50 now for your base level shipping, whereas the minimum yeah. shipping before was, like you said, was like 12, at least 12%. So anyway, it's a lot cheaper now. It's not yeah. It's not, the, it's not at a level now where I feel like buying a single blister would be completely prohibitive, if that makes sense. It's not like it's like... Oh, no. I mean, I, well, I did that. I bought Percy and Hilda, and I think, yeah, it was £24.50 for, yeah. with shipping. But it would be nice oh. to be able to kind of order, especially if when they're from the same army list, it would be nice to kind of... But you know, you're buying you're buying two new rangers, but then you want to go and buy your pack with Faramir the Ranger in, and that's on a different website. It's, it's a shame mm. that you couldn't do it in one order, but um, I'm sure they're well aware of it and they've got a reason they haven't done it. But yeah, yeah that'll be that'll be an awkward interaction and an awkward uh, integration. So I'd imagine they'll be baby stepping that onwards. Of course, everyone's going to have their own opinions on this kind of thing. I'd imagine there's a Innumerate experts within the field who could point out everything that's going wrong, but any positive steps, yeah, a positive um, step cool. as far as I'm concerned. So, um, it's, it's the it same company, bodes well. It's the same company, just stick it on, the, yeah, of course, it is. Um, um, it would be, it'd be nice to get the um shipping down because you wouldn't believe how annoyed I was paying because uh, I painted Corax for Sophie, didn't I? Yes, and he's 73 pounds. <laughs> I was like, come on. Yeah, putting the postage on takes it more than the threshold, but you won't count it. <laughs> so I had to buy more stuff. <laughs> it makes there's the odd thing when it there's the odd calculation where it makes more sense just to buy something else, isn't there? But yeah, bought nice, a Satanicus nice arm for that. <laughs> it's a nice problem to have. But again, I suppose if you only play Middle Earth, and a lot of people listen to this, will will do that. Um, it gets harder to do that, doesn't it? And uh, um. Yeah, we'll see how it we'll see how it goes. But um, anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. Um, I don't even know how we got there. What even started it? But uh, we're talking about Smaug and the and the, it, and the box it. for three hundred. Yeah, quid I need stuff. to I need to not forget to do that because it's just it's just a, a no brainer, isn't it? I'm going to be creating that account anyway. Um, yeah, before we uh, before we talk again, you should get that done definitely. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll no doubt I'll forget about it. It's I probably. But it's. But I'd rather be in a chance of of it rather than just waste a waste the opportunity. Um. Anyway, um. Let's go for a break, and when we come back, we'll have a, a chat about the FAQ. The hour grows late, and bland of grey plastic comes seeking my counsel. You are sure of this, bland elf? Yes, the event is fully painted. It was in the event pack, under my nose the whole time. Yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, Blandalf. The commission painter. We must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours. Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint. 
And we are back after that little break there, and we're here to talk about the FAQ. And we're going to do it in our own way. I suppose we've um, we've talked, touched on this before. We are primarily laid back, kind of garagey style gamers who uh, have really got more and more into the narrative side of things for for SPG as much as we were before with with, with other games we played. And I don't think that's going to change. I don't think that's just because of. Uh, not been able to go to events um i will enjoy going to events but i'll probably always be sort of two three events a year kind of person because of family commitments so we're never going to talk about um faqs that much in terms of meta and what what, what effect it'll have um that doesn't worry me too much to be honest with you and um, will give us a, a different approach but i think um i think i think we will we'll, we will think of things in a different way. So we may well read something out and go, yeah, fair enough. And some of you might be listening to that and thinking, my God, why don't you say more about that? Surely that, surely you understand that because of that, this interaction will mean this interaction. That's cool. That's really good that some people get that into it and have that level of enjoyment. Um, that's just not me. And I don't really think that's you either, is it, Dan? Uh, no, I am fully looking forward to going to all of the events and rocking in the bottom tables, having a drink and a laugh <laughs> and not concerning myself at all with the finer nuances. I am fine with just going along, playing with more of my wonderful little uh, middle-earth dollies, pushing around the table and having a really good laugh and creating a cool story with uh, hopefully like-minded people. Yeah, absolutely. but I, I've got, I mean, there's been a few, it's quite interesting, obviously, that the, the, the internet blew up a little bit with... Um, Mainly one area of this FAQ, which we'll we'll no doubt cover anyway, um, and I I I didn't have a problem with that. And we we've we've been quite vocal about negativity in groups and when people get moan about release dates and slowness and all these other price and all these other things that come up. Um, but I've I've personally I'm not talking for you here, Dan. But I've got no problem at all about people debating meta kind of tournament level rules type of stuff in the groups i think it's quite nice to see it's not for me it doesn't you know it doesn't affect me in that way but we all enjoy different parts of the game and for some people that kind of how's it going to affect the league and, and meta army stuff is just as exciting as talking about narrative games or talking about painting and hobby like for, for, for us so i it was quite nice to see and genuinely as much as people, there were a few posts where someone quoted said it was the worst FEQ in the world. There's a couple of those overly dramatic ones, but the most of the big threads on it, the actual discussion within it, was just people going, "Oh, is this real? Is that?" And I thought it was quite cool. It's nice to see the community. FEQ is like a release for SPG, isn't it? It's uh, because there might not have been anything for a few weeks or, or months or so, and it just gives gives the community a little a little buzz when they talk about the changes. And it was the the same when it came down to allies and, and changes in in in, in um, uh, heroic tears for certain characters last year. And this was what would appear to be a much milder, a smaller FAQ compared to some. I know it's still plenty plenty of chat for some people. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I think um, I think where I draw the line is when people use it as an excuse to start beating on the um, middle earth team themselves, <laughs> yeah. becoming slightly personal, which I find a little bit—it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's out ridiculous. of order. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's my PG thirteen way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, that that um, I wasn't. I would never. I'd never condone that sort of things. It's just the general conversation. A lot of yeah. people were very, very interested and wanted to talk about certain things that i personally you know would normally scroll past but i looked at it in a, in a 
in a different way. But um, yeah, the people who were rude and um, and were kind of using it as a way to start conversations about things that were not related to be honest with you you know a couple um, weren't they kind of first they the great many tangents of first the, they uh, do they this, about. and then they deliver deliver my models on time blah 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 kind of thing and it's just yeah oh, that's nothing to do with that but anyway yeah. anyway so we're, we're going to read through the order we're going to read through this in is um there's uh, there's a gentleman named damien mallon who i don't know who put up a link in one of the groups um that he compiled all of the FAQs into one big PDF document to save us opening the different ones, which is really cool. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna use his. There's a link um, I've got in my show notes here. I'll stick it I'll stick it in the show notes that we publish. So if anyone hasn't found that or missed that post, you can click on the link. It's just a WordPress file, but you can download the all the FAQs in one big PDF, which is quite cool. Rather than having lots of the the documents, still the same number of pages, of course, but at least you haven't got all the separate separate things spread all over the place. So we're just gonna we're just gonna read out the magenta stuff, the stuff that's changed. Um, some stuff we might not might just be a, we read it out. Some stuff we might have a little bit of a discussion about it if it, if we find it interesting or not. Um, we, as I said, we're not gonna get into too sort of a detailed level of meta discussion is more going to be how it affects us and whether we think it's sort of logical or not which i'm sure it will so there's nothing much to the first page or so is there so we're starting off what would be the the actual rule book official orata um there's nothing there and then i think it's the designer's commentary of the rule book is when we start um, and the first one, which is a fun one, when a special rule refers to the man keyword, does this mean that models with either the man or woman keyword? Yes. When a special refer- rule refers to a man keyword, it's referring to the race of men, not the gender of a specific model. Um, it's in, in many ways, it's a little bit sad that that had need to be answered, but um, it seems pretty straightforward to me. I don't know if you've got any comment on that, Dan. Uh, no, I think this is purely to um, close up potential loopholes on those who might choose to potentially exploit them, if, if leading you... to uh, <laughs> lengthy debates that needn't happen in the first place. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I would. I'm luckily, and I'm very it's the kind of person that would bring that up seriously, not as a joke, of course, but the kind of person that would genuinely try and swing that at an event or just at a game somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, head hitting desk kind of moment. Yeah, why? Anyway, that's uh, kind of take a mental <laughs> note and then decline a game in the future kind of affair. <laughs> yes. So yeah, yeah. No, that, yeah. That's, that's 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 a that's a that would be a pretty high level of um, yeah. Anyway, neck beardery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, moving on to the next one, the question: Does a model that has stood up count as having moved? The answer is yes. They will count as having moved half their move allowance. That's cool. Which That's... actually I found interesting because it actually, um, I assumed it would have been all of it uh-huh. previously. Uh, so that's quite cool. And actually kind of ties it into the way the Necromunda works. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not not as a non-Necromunda player. So I'm guessing that rule's the same, is it? So you have... um, Sort of. You can do two actions and to stand up is one action. So it's uh... almost half your movement. So you can... Essentially, so uh, that is quite cool, and the fact it specifies and, and uh, I think it's know, just a nice little, nice little clarification there, isn't it? And, and it's very, very clear. So there might have been at some point in the game, someone says, "Oh, just came as moved." If you just can't remember, that it's, it's a nice, straightforward clarification. Cool. Well, um, for instance, shooting. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, the, the, half, the half movement thing there definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that might have I might have incorrectly assumed 
if I fired something that caused models to become prone, like a siege weapon, for instance, they could just get back up, but they could shoot. Yeah. Well, I would think, oh, I mean, why are they doing that? So that, that clarification is actually really useful for me. It's one of those, one that I feel that's what I thought it was anyway, but it's been so long since I played, I couldn't be, <laughs> couldn't be sure now. But when I read it, it was one of those, I thought, wasn't it like that anyway? Well, it's, I suppose it is just a commentary, it's a clarification, so that is the way it was, and it's someone was unsure, there was something that was ambiguous enough in the way it was written in the rule book. But anyway, next one. If a prone model begins its turn within an enemy model's control zone, can it choose to stand up without charging the enemy model? Answer, yes. The prone model has not moved closer to the enemy model. Again, that's... There'll be certain situations when there's an interaction and that will become important for whatever reason. It might be that your opponent wants you to have charged that model or doesn't want to. As soon as it becomes important, and that's when people start questioning things. Well, what does it mean now? In a, in a kind of game where it doesn't matter much either way, you tend to fudge over those things a little bit, don't you? You're just like, well, it doesn't matter. Neither, yeah. neither player's bothered. But when it becomes important to a game, sometimes those kind of things can you can, can lead to a little bit of discussion. So I, I think that's quite cool that, um, that it's clarified, but seems seems like the way I've thought it anyway. Yeah, that's somewhat the way I've, I've looked at it in the past, obviously, where cavalry uh, winning combats and knocking a model back and prone, therefore they could sit next to a yeah. enemy model if they had room to move. Mm-hmm. So they you know, weren't double trapped. Um, yeah, that, that does, you know because then they can move about because they're already within the uh, control zone, etc. that kind of thing. So, yes. Cool. Uh, next one. If a model defending a barrier chooses to lie down, do they still count as defending the barrier? Uh, the answer is no. Pro models do not have a control zone, which, yeah, yeah that one's pretty straightforward, really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, there's another, another, I'd say, very much just a clarification there than anything that many people would have thought the opposite next one then if a model has benefited from a heroic march is part of a successful heroic combat in the same turn can they still charge as part of the additional move from the heroic combat answer is yes heroic march only prevents a model from charging in the move phase and i think that's the the main thing there isn't it when you're getting confused with whether they can move again it's well what phase would it in so that's about it can't then charge within the, in that same move phase. Um, well, you're, if you you're moving as part of a combat, then you're uh, you're in a, you know, you're in the combat phase, aren't you? You're not in the move phase. So, um, kind of a bit confused in the heat of battle, or when I'm trying to explain it, because I'm sure that wasn't very clear. Um, over to you. Uh, yeah, that's um, a really good one. Actually, it's maybe actually that particular one. Maybe reassess some army choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe think about uh, putting some. Um, Captains my Mordor, like uh, just normal orc captains, gets more heroic marches in. Yeah. So then I can springboard models up the board and then kick off heroic combats with my combat characters to drag things further forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's very Um, easy to think, isn't it? That oh well, of course they they've already they've already done that. I can't I can't do anything else. But yeah, it's a different different phase. Yeah, I think that's the next. Obviously, because I've not been able to get to events and um, my local sort of meta um, is still at a very beginner stage this sort of i mean there's probably people who are laughing the backsides off thinking you know this is you know duplo to to their lego but um you know for me that's a a new way of thinking about things so it's been really useful so the next one if a hero is taking part in a heroic challenge with an enemy hero that causes terror and they fail the courage test in order to charge do they have to spend their might or will points in order to pass the courage test no there we go well seems pretty obvious to me why would you 
force someone to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. First when I read that, I thought, Is there something didn't understand that? it, but then I actually thought throughout it more logically. I thought, well, actually, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> there's nothing, yeah, there's no trick there. That's just as straightforward as it, as it seems. Uh, okay, so the next one. If a prone hero has a unique banner that confirms an additional effect, such as Boromir's banner of Minas Tirith or Gambling's royal standard of Rohan, does their banner still confer this effect? The answer is no. Models cannot benefit from the effects of a banner if the bearer is prone. Very similar to the uh, defending thing there. Your pro model job. Um, wasn't a surprise to me. I don't know if that's... A- no, not at all. I just... They're just banners and they function the same way all banners work. They just have additional effects, so they can't benefit from it unless they're meeting the qualifications to be a banner in the first place. Yeah, that would have been my assumption too, but maybe they've had enough people asking that question. Yeah, I definitely think there's (laughs) the potential for that one. Uh, So the next one up, uh, can a model benefit from the blinding light magical power or rules that confer a similar effect such as Pool of Darkness if there is a piece of impassable terrain such as a wall directly between all parts of the model and the source of the light slash darkness, the answer is no. Light and darkness can't travel through walls after all. And again, logical wise, that seems to make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know whether that's going to confuse. Um, is it going to cause arguments on the table more? I don't know. Is this like adding a new level of line of sight there? So you have people with their um, their laser pens. You don't really see that very much in, in SPG, but you could theoretically have people with their laser pens and stuff. You can find people bringing on pen torches and going, shining it through gaps in scenery and going, look, there's some light that's hitting your model there. Therefore, <laughs> therefore the, the effect of the model can get through. So uh, that that's that's your tip for the the competitive scene in 2021 is people bringing along torches to uh, shine through um, gaps to say that their uh, blinding light magical power can affect models. I don't know. But it's... I think if someone went to that length to prove a point, I'd let them take it just because it's not worth the argument. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm being silly, but uh, yeah, it, it, logic wise, of course, if if you that, those kind of particular powers or spells, they. The way they, the names and the way they're designed that they work require the other models to be able to, to see them or to be affected by them. So if you're in, in the dark, you're not in the light. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Yes, but, very um, much so. I, but yeah, I can, yeah, I can see that. I don't, I've, that's never, I've not played hundreds, I'm not playing hundreds and hundreds of games, but that's never really come up. And I don't know if it's just the kind of level of games I'm playing. I'm sure there'll be a crunch point on a top table game somewhere where someone's like, that That becomes really important, but I've not played a game where something like that's become important as yet. So I've not thought of it. It's one of those, some of them seem logical and straightforward like the last few. That's the first one I thought, okay, that makes sense, but also has that come up? Is there an interaction where that's become important? So uh, maybe it has. Um, next one if a model is under the effects of a paralysed magical power do they still contribute their fight value to a combat they are part of and the answer is no Um, again that kind of makes you know logic wise it absolutely makes sense well they're paralysed they're not fighting are they they're they're completely paralysed as well it's not like they've just wobbly arms and they're biting your ankles or something then (laughs) they're um, they're not sorry visually I just had someone lying on the floor but still kind of wiggling a little bit and trying to bite on strange um i don't for me that just seems straightforward yes absolutely it 
the, the the theme tends to be common sense here, but also common sense of the way things would be realistically, rather than just a game mechanic. Common sense, if that makes sense. I'll say how many times it makes sense in one sentence. But all of these so far, that the, 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 they all seem to be rules that base around if there, this was a real battle on a table on on a, in a in a field somewhere, those things would make sense in real life or a real fantasy world rather than just models. So they, they, they some, it just seems logical to me. Sometimes game logic is doesn't always match real logic because it's there for mechanical reasons. It's an abstract. Um, but these seem to make sense to me. Yes, and uh, ties in well with this one as well. If a model with a warhorn is under the effects of the paralyzed magical power, can other models still benefit from the warhorn? No, because... How can he blow the horn? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, in my in my visual from a moment ago, um, it was you know still wiggling on the floor trying to bite. So maybe you can blow. I suppose if you're paralysed and you can't blow, you're going to die because you can't breathe. Pretty much. The whole uh, body paralysed. Imagine most people the... casting paralysed. <laughs> I'm not going to be too fussed about breathing either. So the whole cardiovascular system is paralysed as well. Yeah. And that's yeah. definitely. So I think I think it's one to ask your TOs about. Really, you know, he's not dead to te- technically. Could he still blow a horn if if you if you can if you can prove that he was still in his mouth at the moment he led he fell down and was paralysed. Um, anyway, but he might be able to exhale, but he might not be able to purse his lips. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you get some kind of wet fart sound, but it's obviously not going to not going to convey that. I find that terrifying to be honest with you. <laughs> across the whole battlefield. <laughs> Yeah, you can attempt to blow the war horn. Everyone gets minus one courage because it sounds like someone making a duck call. <laughs> Might be off putting you'll fight. You've got people around you fighting and someone's just lying on the floor kind of making dribbly, dribbly farty noises. Anyway, this is what you get when we look at an FAQ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Quality content. <laughs> if a model can resurrect, such as a Nazgul of Dol Guldur or Sauron with the One Ring, is under the effects of the paralysed magical power when they are slain, will they still be under the effects of the paralysed magical power when they return? And the answer is no. Um, no, de- death tends to trump paralyse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, it's one of those. That it's 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 extremely clear, isn't it? Whether whether it's a, it's not something that I've thought about in game. I've played those characters a few times now but um it's not come up in game it just again i just wouldn't my, my brain wouldn't even ask that question i just imagine that you're bringing a model back yeah it's still paralyzed though because he was before well, well, well i just wouldn't it just didn't my mind doesn't work that way it would have been like well surely he's not so glad my logic works with the way the world the rules are actually designed to work um, well i think um the actual rules for the nazgul actually trump that anyway because it says that they uh they return with their stock of etc you know might will fate and everything yeah but they return as essentially a new model um yeah well they're resurrecting aren't they they're not just kind of popping yeah. off for a cup of tea you know so. <laughs> big on dead jack-in-the-box it's great right if a war beast or a chariot is set ablaze can they lie down and crawl <laughs> to put the fire out <laughs> no the only way for a war beast or chariot to put the is to enter a water feature now i do have some Curiously amusing images of um, flaming womocks, but so is this a re- is this a real question? Well, I don't. I just I read that earlier, and I just maybe laugh. Well, I don't think putting a chariot into water feature is going to help much either, unless it's got some cube branch boat <laughs> <laughs> transform you button on it. Oh, stop, drop, and roll. Hey, um, well, there we go. We have an answer. 
If you, if you uh, <laughs> to the question that never needed to be asked, I don't know. It's it's there. It's there. Stop dropping around. Well, I, I think they should be able to say if it's a boomer, they can do that. But everyone in the hell is immediately killed. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Um, can a model cast a magical power such as command, compel, and then, depending on the result, make a courage test to charge a model with the terror special rule? Answer, no. If a model wishes to charge a model with a terror, then they must take their courage test at the start of their move, even if the model in question is further than the movement allowance at the start of their move. Okay, so... Um, that one had me thinking, actually, is yeah. essentially, of, as the way I read that, is simply a case of if it's a model that requires a terror test in order to charge, yeah. you simply can't do it, even with command compel. Because you can't declare to charge unless you're within the movement range, so you can't roll the dice. But then you can command compel them, and then you wouldn't be able to charge them with the same model yeah. because the, the the waypoint's already passed. You'd have to charge them with something else. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something that all the others are kind of being straightforward in my brain, and that's not something that's kind of gone, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes this um, yeah. makes Glorfindel pretty good against the nine, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, he might, you know, he might need to be. Um. <laughs> well, he was the only one who could stand against them openly, isn't he? Yeah, well, he might need to be literally standing against them if we. Uh, oh yeah. Talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh well. I think um, it's one of those that just kind of needs a couple of reads to kind of settle in your brain but yeah I, I see your point so definitely um yes next one if a model carrying a light object is slain in close combat but the model that slew them is not in base contact eg if they were supporting does the model that slew them still take the position of the light object uh no the light object will be dropped in the space that the slain model previously occupied i thought that was the case anyway it always gets dropped doesn't it and then you've got to pick yes it so that's the way i've played it in in scenarios where you were using light objects so that wasn't a surprise, but it's, I suppose it might have been a question that I've had to, or it might have been the kind of thing I've, I remember looking up in games, even at events with players, and you think, oh, God, right, what do we do? What happens to the object? Who can pick it up? So but I'm pretty sure by looking in the rule book, we found those answers each time. So it's straightforward enough to me. Um, if a siege engine shot hits a combat, then will all models in the combat be slain outright if they suffer a wound from the shot or just the model that is hit by the initial shot? Answer, only the model that was hit by the initial shot. Um, and that makes sense, doesn't it? Because that would be the same way once you've targeted them. The other the other models would be... Uh, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't you've, got be, scar- wouldn't be you've got your scatter function, haven't you? Exactly, so, they would be killed outright, so that makes sense. It's the same, same function. That's the way I'm interpreting it anyway. Oh, yeah. Yes. Sorry, yeah, yeah. If a model wipes out all of an oppo- opposition player's models that are on the board and they still have models that are yet to enter the board, does this count as sudden death? The answer, if a player still has models that have yet to enter the board because of the rules of the scenario you are playing, reconnoiter, hold ground, etc., then this does not result in sudden death. If a player only has models yet to enter the board because of special rules relating to the models or legendary legion they're part of, e.g. the Watcher in the Water, Goblin Mercenaries, then this will count as sudden death. So I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. So if it's your choice that you're holding your 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 models 
out of the game because of a special rule allows you to do that. So it's a tactical choice. Then, then yes. But if it's to do with scenario with rolling the things, then no. That's, that makes sense to me. That's right, isn't it? Or have I re- yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much as as I interpret it. And um, yeah, basically, when you hold things back, you're gambling on still having enough left to yeah join. So, so it penalizes the every war game I've ever played. Yeah, it gives you tactical choice, but then doesn't overly penalise people who have just rolled one and two a lot. <laughs> um, which I tend to when it comes to those things. Um, da, 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 da. Right then, so the next one. In the Lords of Battle scenario, do you add points to your wound tally for wounding or disabling a siege engine? Answer is yes. If you manage to disable a siege engine, then you'll add points to your wound tally to the number of wounds the siege engine had remaining. That's cool. I don't. That would have been something I would have ended up I imagine looking up in the rule book and I can't think offhand of the passage in the rule book. So maybe it needed clarifying or maybe just people asked a lot. I don't know, but that would have been something that I can remember. I can, I can imagine playing Lords of Battle and going, Oh, Oh, well, how does the season work with that? And that, having to look it up. So I don't know, but it makes sense. So if it wasn't clear before, it definitely, definitely is now. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. Seems um, reasonable as well. Yeah. Uh, it took me a couple of read throughs for that, but then I actually realized what they were getting at. So yeah. Um, in the Lords of Battle scenario, do you add points to your wound tally for an opposition demolition charge that's detonated? And then not if it detonates or it's controlling players' accord, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Stops you kind of gaming that that side of it. Um, and that was the, the rule book. Um, erratas and commentaries done. So the next bit is the match play guide. And the first one is, in the Lords of Battle scenario, do you add points to your wound tally for wounding or disabling? Oh, hang on a minute. There's just a repeat. It's just a repeat. Okay, well, that sounds good. And the next one is the same for, to do with the demolition charge. So yeah, okay. that works so out quite well. We can skip through that as we're smooth. It's going for this. Yeah. So where's the next one? Armies of the Hobbit. Yes. I think it's the one about Floy, isn't it? It is the one about Floy. It was cool. uh, absolutely terrifying me when I first read this. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, let's, get, let's get purchasing Floy. What happens if Floy negates a Nazgul of Dol Guldur's unholy resurrection special rule and the Nazgul of Dol Guldur is slain during that turn? The removal of the unholy resurrection means that no marker will be placed when the Nazgul of Dol Guldur is slain and, as such, there is no marker for them to come back from the following turn. As a result, the Nazgul will be slain outright. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. but Floy was in Moria and Moria didn't happen more than Nazgul of Dol Guldur were in Dol Guldur, so that won't ever happen. No. Because it played narratively. Yes, yeah, well, yeah, I imagine... Um, so if they're playing Kazadum, they need all the help they can get. Yeah, they are, aren't they? They really are. Oh well, but um, it's he, he's cool. <laughs> he's handy. Well, it makes it makes sense that you could do that. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, and it's not it's not something. I, I I'm assuming I'm making comment now. I don't know what how that would whether there's tournament gamers out there that think, oh, that's interesting and useful, or whether that's just a case of, yeah, that would be useful in that matchup, but that's not something that people are going to say. I'll um, tell you what, he's getting black darted and chill soul to death. <laughs> Good night. You, you come up against that. him, absolutely. Um, right then, so, and the next bit, so we're on to armies of Lord of the Rings now. Um, and there was nothing in the errata, and so in the designer's commentary, um, the first one 
is as you can samwise gamji uses let him go i'll have you long shank special rule to declare a free heroic combat if he's already in the same combat as frodo the answer is no unless you read the the, the bit above it yes um <laughs> yes know. though you still have to move as close to frodo as possible and this often result in him not moving <laughs> at all so they, they I, this is a change yeah. so this is this is this i would say should be in the errata section shouldn't it now because it's a change rather than because they yeah it's 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 a they forgot to delete the old yeah it supersedes i'd say and of course it does because the magenta is the new stuff but it is a complete reversal on um what the rule was before yeah and they just forgot to remove what was previously said by those things interesting um yeah it's just copy error as far as i'm concerned it is it is it is and i think it's been said i've not followed this too closely but i'm pretty sure it's been uh confirmed um by jay yeah i think jay yeah they come in and say that like you i think i'm woefully unequipped for some of this because i've not paid attention to that chat where there was feedback from the team but um i've seen some of it um i've I've scrolled scrolled through some of it and i listened to the um unexpected um podcast the guys are on youtube and on um um audio as well and they did a good rundown of this Um, i haven't got around to them yet i've listened to uh the Green Dragon do their uh, critical uh, analysis episode, and then uh, I listened to Harry's recent one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I've still got those to go. Actually, the Harry's latest one I haven't. I have the others, but um, I'm sure the Green Dragon will do a really in-depth kind of. Is, is there a critical analysis about this or not? Is, is our, um, it was before this was dropped. Was, yeah, I was, I'm sure we've got an FAQ show coming up for them. But uh, yeah, I listened to. If, so if if you're listening to this and those guys haven't got their shows out by now. I think the only one I know of, or I've listened to anyway, is is the an unexpected podcast. And these guys are all like very, very knowledgeable um, tournament winners um, in different places as well, not just in the US, over in the UK and stuff as well. So they, these guys really know their stuff. They're probably one of the run one of the most rules sort of focused and heavy um, meta type podcasts around. So if you want a real kind of tournament that you approach on it then go and have a listen because they do a really good rundown of it i listened to it when i was uh well one year when i was with the kids the other day so i didn't give it its full whack um though i did tune in to the important discussion that were that <laughs> that was the main theme of this faq when it was released but um but yeah i think they mentioned that that's been clarified already that it was just a mistake anyway Next one. Can Meriadoc, Brandybuck, or Peregrine Took use their For the Shire special rule to spend might points from an enemy Boromir of Gondor in range? <laughs> no, thank God, because that would be hammy, isn't it? <laughs> I want to know who asked that. <laughs> Can I use my opponent's might? Because it just, yeah. well, again, we, we play things in a very, very different way, don't we? So if someone is at an event and I thought, I mean, that's brilliant if you could. It would be Enemy Boromir would give him the flat of his sword. That's what you'd do. <laughs> but it made, it made me chuckle when I saw that anyway. Um, go on then. Next one next one is yours. But, uh, yeah. There's, there's Can Gandalf the White use Shadowfax's will points in order to cast magical powers? No. So Magic Pony cannot uh, lend his points out to... Uh, <laughs> Gandalf. which is pretty clear and makes a lot of sense and then, then this next one i suppose is the the talking point of yeah, the cause a lot of long faces it did cause a lot of <laughs> long faces 
Um, oh dear, I, I was, you know, get your horse puns out now. But let me let me read it, and then we're probably going to talk about this one a little bit longer than some of the others, mainly because it's quite amusing. But there are some important points around it. But um, can Gandalf the White use Shadowfax's will points in order to resist magical powers? And the answer is. That will depend on the magical power being used. If the magical power specifically targets either the rider or the mount, such as Black Dart, then only the part that is being targeted may use their will points. If the magical power targets the whole model, such as Compound, Compel, then the will points can be used from either Gandalf or Shagafax or any or a combination of both. However, Gandalf may never use his might points to improve a D6 roll as one of Shagafax's will points. So... <sighs> Um, what was so my initial thoughts would be when scanning through that would be fair enough because I'm not a tournament game I would have gone okay it's a bit wordy um, seems like there must be a hole in the rules that maybe needed that that needed clarifying but it kind of kind of kicked off quite quickly didn't it I think as soon as they went up um, <laughs> this was the only thing this was the only thing that was talked about as well and um I think there's an impl- implication, isn't there? Um, the implication is that this 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 is about this is a question about Gandalf um, and 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 using will points to resist magical powers, but it then has a knock on effect against all um, mounts, really, um, and and that's what's caused the issue. So now I listened as I, said, I listened to the unexpected podcast and listened to them talking about this and and, and it kind of immediately got me thinking about it and I also read some of the comments on on the groups and stuff as well. So this isn't all original thinking, but um, um, for those of you that have missed this this drama, um, so I think the, the main the main point is that it seems to it means that any any horse or, or mount is is a is at risk now. We're talking about characters here, obviously, um, because they won't have will points because only Shadowfax has got them. So you could potentially snipe um, heroes' mounts away, um, which is quite interesting. So I think I've got a couple of things here that I want to go through. So let me just clarify that. So Jay Clare in the GBHL actually. In one of his replies, basically confirming that this just doesn't mean it. So he put, this is an interesting one, as it seems that people have been playing it incorrectly since the release of the current edition. When a magical power targets a cavalry model, it will target the entire model unless it states that it targets a specific part, black dart, wither, etc. As such, if only the mount is affected by the power, then only the mount can resist. If the entire model is affected, source blast, compel, etc., then either part may attempt to resist and then the final bit is quite the final paragraph is this isn't a new change more one that people are only just realizing how it does work um sorry how it does works how it does as such it should be played as i've outlined here which is is written so basically that's kind of saying that um it should be played that way for all mounts because he's talked about in that clarification there that he's put not in the faq in his comment He's definitely confirming what what a lot of people were then asking in the in the group. So, well, if this doesn't mean all mounts, then because it's quite weird, isn't it? I don't know if you think this as well. But so, so this is an FAQ about Gandalf and Shadowfax's use of will points in the armies of the Lord of the Rings FAQ. But <sighs> by setting that, it's a rule that affects all heroes' mounts, isn't it? 
Well, yeah, I, yeah. Essentially, that's how I've always taken it. Anyway, yeah. I suppose the benefit of not really being able to game and definitely not going to events and stuff. I've only, you know, I suppose it's also a double-edged sword because you know, if I get things wrong, I'm sitting in isolation on it as well. Yeah. But having read the rule book on my own, that is always because when you buy a horse for something, you use the horse profile from the rule book. The horse profile from the rule book has no might, will, fate. Yeah. It is horse. Yeah. So if you're able to target that horse, it cops it because it's not a special magical horse. Shadowfax is Lord of the Merits. He is a special magical horse. Yes. Um, so therefore he should be better because otherwise, why is he so expensive? I think that's clear now, and I, and and, and I've, I've none always of, found none that. Of that makes any you know none of that is that I, I think that what's what seems apparent is people haven't been playing that way, um, and then so let me look at let me just give you examples from the rule book then, which might explain why people might. So the first part is if I think it's on rule page ninety three and it's about using magical powers and the bit relating to cavalry. It's got, who can you target? But the bit related to cavalry says when targeting a cavalry model with a magical power that states the attacker um, must choose if the rider or mount is affected. The attacker must choose before making the casting roll, um, but then that will be affected slightly by the type what the spell can do anyway but that's what it says and then you look at black dart it says this power targets one enemy model within range the target so this that's enemy model that's not rider or or um or um mount that's one enemy model the target immediately suffers one strength nine hit do not roll to hit or in the way do not roll to hit or for in the way the tests if the target is cavalry the model then the attacker must choose whether the rider is a mount or so you're choosing at that stage. So you yeah. target the whole model first and then you're choosing which is here. Um, this power can then be used. So that all, all of that works. That all makes sense with what the clarification says. Okay. Yep. And then you go to page 63, which is the part of, and this is the to do in the cavalry section, um, cavalry and magical powers. If a model employs a magical power against a cavalry model, the whole model is considered to be the target of the power. This means that either the rider or the mount can use will points to resist the magical power. If the power is successful, both feel the effects unless otherwise stated. Yeah, That's I would again use the otherwise stated part, which Black Dark clearly does. Yeah, but it's otherwise... So feel that we I, I get what you're saying but i can what i'm saying is i can understand why people feel that um, they've been playing it wrong and they have it obviously wasn't the way people have been playing it not the way the rules were intended but uh i can understand why so much of the community have gone uh but i think <laughs> but uh, but that's i've not got a problem with any of this by the way i think it's fine but i think what needs to be what i will probably happen now i imagine but what would be nice to happen is they probably need something they need a clarification designers commentary on the rule book section about this because at the moment the only reason people know about this rule is to do with gandalf to uh, to a point i, I just i guess gandalf the way commentary. i've always read it and this is again the way i always approach all these things where it rules are concerning a unit type or a unit profile yeah where they talk about how things interact with them, they're always speaking in the broadest terms. Yeah, yeah. I, and then where you've got a specific weapon or function that interacts with something that specifies it works differently, then that supersedes it. And that's the way I've always read it. So that's kind of where I've come to with it. 
yeah, yeah. Not to mention, generally, if it's later in the book, if it's speaking in contrast to something earlier in the book, it usually will supersede. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I don't think it's a. I don't know if it's something that I would have even thought about up until now. But I can understand why people. Why I would say from the comments, it looks like a majority, at least that kind of more regular tournament players will have been playing this in a different way, and maybe and maybe for a long time. I don't know, but it's it's definitely interesting. But it, I think, because now there's a question of it that's only related to a commentary and questions within a section on Gandalf, they probably now needs to be a um, something for the main rule book that talks about, that, that clarifies that it works against everyone. Because if you haven't got the FAQ, um, you could, you could if you've only got your rule book with you, and or someone's not using Gandalf, they could, you could have an argument now, couldn't you? And say, well, I'm not, Gandalf's not on the table. You're talking about sniping us off another character. And then, um, and then you got in this to and fro, couldn't you, between the wording, which now is slightly contradictory between those two different things, or could be seen that way. So I think in that sense, you could have an issue. You never with me on the playing it because I wouldn't have even thought about it to that level. No. But I can under, all I'm doing is sort of empathising really with, with the discussion I've seen online, and it, it, it seems to make sense. Um, and the guys on the unexpected um, podcast explained it better than I did, but I definitely, I can, I can see how, especially that, bit on page 63 um because it, we're talking about the last sort of half a sentence there um both feel effects unless otherwise stated unless otherwise stated is not of a clear enough way of saying that um that, that your spell will work differently because otherwise stated you know, i don't know it's i think it's slightly ambiguous and that's why people are a bit confused by it but i get it i can see it now Looking at the description, I can see how that is the way it is, but I can also understand why people have gone, hang on a minute, that's not where we've already been doing it. And I feel now because of that, they might need to add a, add something for the uh, the main rule book that just clarifies what that means by, as if otherwise, as if otherwise, uh, sorry, what does it say? What was the last bit? Less otherwise stated. Less otherwise stated. You know, to say that that means that you follow the uh, the rules of the spell for targeting rather than that and that precedes anything else sort of thing um yeah you never know um they may do a quick rewrite because obviously they've got to um take uh, i'll have you long shanks um yeah out so they might just tuck that in as a they might do they did they did lots of, I don't, again i don't i think it's clear that everyone i don't think it's ambiguous anymore i think no. um and something else something else they mentioned on that is again this isn't me but something else they mentioned while i listen to the podcast is that we've the context of of this conversation just had there was based on me quoting jay's comment in in gbhl that's yeah. you know that's not official is it that's just jay i know it's, it's as official as it's going to be because it's jay and we all know that's what he means but it's if you don't if you're not in that facebook group you're not going to know he said that i i guess so <laughs> you, can um, only go on, my you, brain. you can only go on what it doesn't bother me but i'm just finding it's an interesting thing and if someone came to an event and you're a to um, and they've got the FAQ with it, something to relate into Gandalf, and then and some and then one player saying, "Well, no, you can't do that because it's only talking about Gandalf. It's not talking about this." And then you've got this argument based around 
page 63 and and how it slightly contradicts in, in the cavalry section how it slightly contradicts the way things are described in the magic section it's definitely some wording that could be doing with tightening up there and then someone goes well you know, but Jay Claire said it and you're like well where did he say it well in a comment on Facebook you know like, okay well that's not how officials that <laughs> so that's why I feel you just need he just needs that clarification now and there um, in that it affects all it works with all cavalry models in that way um, but Aside from you, that, you and I are both very different TOs. <laughs> I, which, whoever annoyed me most when they came up to the table talking about it would be uh, getting told they're not getting it. That would be how that would work. <laughs> Interesting thing, though, I mean, is what kind of effect that's going to have. I imagine. Um, I mean, it's been well building. prophesied that in this building, wise, but you, you know, it makes it makes mounted race even better. But then, what about so? From our point of view, is it going to affect us? What about flight to the floor scenario? Does that make it? Oh well, really... yeah, they can shoot. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. from underneath her. So if you if you want to, is that something you would now? If we were going to play that game the way we play our games, would we home rule it that you couldn't black dart? I mean, when we were playing, even you both, you, when we played it, we were going, oh, "I'm not going to back black dart at this point." We didn't black dart every time we could because it felt like the easy option sometimes but if you've got nine mountain rays black darting um what's her horse that's fluff getting it she ain't gonna yeah, make it. she's not gonna make it is she well i i personally <laughs> wouldn't do it uh, no but, but um, just so it does have it just shows how that that's uh that that rule clarification some would call it a change i don't i don't care about the debate on that really it's um so i think it's ambiguous yeah. I think the, the problem is the only the uh, sort of accredited black dart you've got is um faramir cop in one and there's his horse are drugging back so the horse was definitely kicking around still <laughs> so 10 yeah so that's but to be fair it's i'm sure there's a million other interactions anyway but i just that was the the main talking point and i do have a bit of sympathy with people saying not that because i think it's clear now that that's the way it was supposed to work I, I think that because the only answer to that question and what's 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 made that become a, a talking point is under a Gandalf question. Um but but now is the, the impact is that it now needs to be applied across all um mounted um troops. Um it's mounted heroes that are the problems aren't they? That's the, that's where you're gonna have your uh, your issues where you you target in um your mounted heroes. Yeah. But um well, yeah because horses are disproportionately uh better yes. on heavy combat heroes. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, it's it's an it's an interesting talking point, and I think it's it's fine as the way it is. And like sometimes changes like that mean we'll, we'll FAQs are good for, for for causing ripples in 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 metas and narrative games. It doesn't really matter because if it doesn't work, if we found that we were playing that game and the other person was just black darting, and then we'd adjust it to you only allowed to fire one per turn, or or you fire once, and that's once you've used that spell, you've it's exhausted or something. You, you just play around with it till it works, don't you? Narrative gaming, it doesn't matter, but it, it yeah, I can I can see it being being interesting. Um, of course, if you run a lot of non-mounted lists like I do most of the time, then uh, it's not going to bother me at all anyway. Um, okay, next one. Who's turn? Uh, you as my I. turn. Can a shield bearer use its in defense of the king special rule to declare a free heroic combat? If they are already in the same combat as the dwarf here, they are protecting. No, so it's much the same as I'll have you long shanks, really, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. They're already busy. Getting all the ducks in a row. Absolutely. Um, when the rider of a wag rider is slain and the wag passes its courage test to stay on the board, does the wag retain the Mordor or Agmar keyword, depending on what list it was taken from? 
And that's yes. Um, again, I think that's just a kind of um, make sure that they can still suffer effects of certain special rules and things. It seems like a, a, a nice clarification, but which could have been a head scratcher in certain situations because technically they, they don't have it on their own, on the profile on its own, but they did when they were part of the mounted model. So it's one of those that could have been worded it could have been ruled either way i suppose and you either suffer um with a no and suddenly they're not as you know not very good anymore it just makes those wogs a little a slightly bit better doesn't it when they're um when they're dismounted but that's half the point anyway that's why they stay on the board isn't it because they're supposed to be scary things so i quite i think that's good i quite like that yeah definitely uh if a model that is hit by the initial shot from a ballista is killed are they still flung back or are they removed immediately the answer is the slain model is still flung backwards and will still hit models in their path when flung back. <laughs> Good. I'm glad there's... I mean, that this is going back to the, the theme of the rest of the FAQ of things that seem logical in the real world. Obviously, when, when I suppose it is possible that it hit them so perfectly they disintegrated into blood and sinew and didn't cause any uh, <laughs> any damage. But in reality, there's, you know, the, the body is going to be flung back and, and do as it's described, whether it dies or not. So it seems to make well, sense the to chan- me. Well, the chances are, actually, if it is a ballista, they do explode, but the bolt then carries on. Yes. It's not the bolt that's... It's not the body that's hit them. It's chances <laughs> are it's the enormous great lump of wood with a big metal arrow on it that's yeah. doing it. This is true. I mean, you know, someone trying to claim that would have it's interesting but obviously asked enough um uh, next one if an enemy model begins its move already in the control zone of tom bombadil or goldberry are they allowed to charge them as they have started their move already in the control zone no a model that starts its move in the control zone of tom bombadil or goldberry can only choose to forgo their move and remain where they are or to finish their move outside the control zone ensuring that they are moved no closer to tom bombadil stroke goldberry whilst within the control zone god that's a dry read um um, yeah, um, I've never used them. I've never come up against them because they're pretty much banned from all events over here. Um, so I'm going to be totally honest and say I don't really... But yeah, it makes sense if we, we were trying to do that, but I've, I don't know how that would fit in a, the context of a, of a game that I've played, so to speak. I'm not, I'm not thinking, oh, yeah, that makes sense because of this or that. It's, yeah, it's... It, it's clear enough as much as it's a bit of a, a a heavy read for a sentence but yeah yeah <laughs> followed up by an even heavier one so can a war beast or a chariot that ignores control zones when moving move into the control zone of tom bombadil or goldberry and therefore in base contact with them if so what happens Yes, a war beast or chariot can move into Tom or Goldberry's control zone and even space contact with them. When this happens, Tom or Goldberry do not take any hits from the war beast or chariot, and the war beast or chariot will stop moving, though they will be engaged in combat. Remember, though, that Tom and Goldberry will automatically win any fight they're involved in, so there is no risk of them being crushed by a rampaging Mumak or run over by a chariot. Okay. Which is probably one of the reasons they're actually banned, because you yeah. just use them as a roadblock, don't you? Yeah. So. Okay, again, I'm, it's it's weird. It's um, profiles that I don't spend a lot of time looking at, as I've never seen them used in game or use them. Um, so I'm not that familiar with them, and without I don't want to kind of go off on a tangent and look at their profiles and, and start talking about it. So if anyone's got any kind of major thoughts on those and whether that has any impact that, that Dan and I are missing, then uh, yeah, get in touch and let us know. Tell us we're stupid and... Uh, We'll agree. Um, next one. Can the Watcher in the Water target mounts directly with its tentacles shooting attack? And the answer is yes. Oh, poor horses. What's going on here? They, well, they were already copping it from Legolas oh, anyway, yeah, so, yeah. you know. God. God. 
<laughs> Arwen thinks she's got away and all the black darts have missed and she thinks, oh, that water's looking a bit choppy. <laughs> now, yeah, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Um, it's uh, Saruman's branching into doing lasagna. That's what that is. <laughs> Clearly, 2021 is the year of the foot troop. Um, <laughs> over to you. So can the Golden King of Abrakan be supported by a model arm with a spear or pike that's on a 25mm base? And the answer is no. Okay. Um, makes sense. It's, it's an odd model, isn't He's it? He's a it's, very it's, odd model. He's got his, um, must have his two circular bases rather than one, one big one. I'm surprised they didn't move him onto the same base that they put Bolg on. Um, I think it's to do with where you measure the effects from. I think you have to measure from either his carriers or something like that. Something weird in the rules. Yeah, that'd have been better overhauling him and giving him the base that Bog's on. Yes. Yeah. Well, at least uh, there's two models in the range that are on that weird kind of uh, um, surfboard of a base. Yeah, but it also means not only that, but from a pure modelling perspective. I think it would look better, but it would also look better if Bog was on a round base as well, wouldn't it? Like every other cat. Yeah, he should be on a 60 mil on his <laughs> cat bus. Wow. God knows what I'm going to do about that model when I've got to build do that because that model, Bogon is fine, but the, the Wag's a little big. It's, it's yeah, I've got it. I've got it. It's a cool model, but... Um, it's a bit I, long. It, well, that's probably why it's on that base. It's down to the, it was you that told me that. I think it's down to the sculptor, isn't it? I think it's, I've heard it somewhere. Something like I don't think it was me, but yeah, basically it's, it's like cat bus. It's, it's down, huge. It's down to the sculptor to choose what basic goes on rather than a rules interaction. I think I don't know why I've heard that. I've heard that. I just don't know why it needed to be so long. <laughs> it's wrong for a whole other set of legs on that thing. Yeah, it's in. It's yeah, well, it is what it is. It's uh, it might get redone one day. Um, but, 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 but where are we up to? Okay, can a hood can Mahood warriors benefit from their warrior pride army bonus if there is a friendly mummock war leader on the royal war mummock, a friendly war mummock of Far Harad, or a friendly war mummock of Harad with a Mahood beastmaster upgrade in combat within six inches of them? Yes. Although the Mahood hero isn't technically in combat themselves, riding a mummock that is in combat is still pretty inspiring. That makes sense. Another yeah. one of those kind of, as much as that was a pain to read the word um, Mahud and Mumuk a million times in the same sentence, it's like a Dr. Zeus book now. Um, it, it's, um, yeah, it makes sense in terms of that kind of theme of logical, real worldy feel to some of these answers and some of these questions. So that's cool. Yeah, also Sam I Am kind of things kicking around at this point. Um, can a Corsair Reaver activate their Mindless Killer's special rule if they move as part of a heroic combat? Also, if a Corsair Reaver activates their Mindless Killer's special rule in the move phase, they still benefit from it when they move as part of a heroic combat in the same turn. Yes to both. Cool. Yep. That's all Straight right. forward. Yeah, they're pretty good as it is. So if that wasn't the way people were running before, they, that's even better. Um, nothing from... That's <laughs> Nothing from battle companies um, in terms of uh, errata. And then we have a designer's commentary stuff, though. So if a battle company hires a wanderer, gains war gear through captured tiles or gains war gear through the campaign, can a hero from a battle company purchase this war gear for themselves, even though it is not in the armory and not normally available to any member of their battle company? Answer is no. A hero may only purchase war gear that is in the armory that is available to a member of their usual battle company or listed as unique war gear on their battle company's page. Um, not if it's available to another model that joins from another source. That seems to make sense to me. Yep, absolutely. 
if I already have 14 members in my battle company and a role of Vault Warden team for my reinforcements role, what happens? The Vault Warden team will be added as normal, even though this will take your battle company above the maximum of 15 models. Should another model be slain later to take your battle company back down to 15 models, they may not be replaced as you will never go back to the maximum number allowed. Okay, I cool. think that makes pretty good sense to me. Yeah, so you could... Penalise you unnecessarily. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways they could have ruled that. I could have said that you have to choose a model to, to get rid of or something, to, um, to you know, to, to let someone go. <laughs> Put one of your members on furlough or something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, cool. It makes sense. Um, okay, if a one... Still battle companies. If one member of a Vault Warden team dies, how many points will the remaining member cost as the points cost for a Vault Warden team is for both members? Answer, it will cost half the number of points raining down. So a Vault Team Warden is normally 25 points, so one surviving member will cost 12 points. And here we go. So amazing, dividing by two, you know. <laughs> who who would have who could have possibly worked that one out? Um, but I suppose without it being written in the rule book, that common sense thing now becomes fully clarified. So yes, and uh, this one made me laugh when I first read it. As a cave troll is not listed as being rare, one can I have more than one of them in my Moria <laughs> battle company? Yes, so long as you have enough influence points, of course. That's brutal. Yeah, that is, isn't it? No, no, you're not going to use them. Have a Moria battle company with loads of trolls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's cracking. Yeah, it's going to be good fun, wouldn't it? So we're we on to Gondor War. Nothing in the Arata. Um, I think there's only one thing in the Donazinus commentary. No, just two. Okay, so the first one. Can Deowine, Chief of the King Knights, use his fourth Thaedon special rule to declare a free heroic combat if he's already in the same combat as Thaedon? Again, it's sticking with that theme, isn't it? And the answer is no. Yeah, we're just getting all the ducks in a row. If multiple Corsair warrior models in the same fight choose to reroll a single dice for Delgamar's ruthless commander special rule, what happens if some of the models don't roll high enough to win the dual roll, but other models do? In this case, no models will suffer the strength to hit as the dual roll was won by the Corsair player. If none of the models re-rolled high enough to win the fight, then any models that chose to re-roll will suffer the hit. I think that's pretty cool because ultimately it's whoever gets yeah. highest in the combat anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. It's cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, it almost makes it, you know, you're getting a much better return on your risk to reward on that one really, aren't you? Yeah, yeah well, again, Corsair's coming out. All right, for these slight adjustments or clarifications. Um, I'm scrolling through without even reading out, but I think we got much more. So mm, there's, there's nothing in scouring. Nothing uh, in we're scouring moving straight through to... Warren Rohan, designer's commentary. commentary. So, if a Dunling Huskarl is supporting a fight and was within three inches of multiple Dunlending hero models, do they gain the bonus of plus one to the fight value for each due to the favour of war special rule? Answer is no. They will only gain a plus bonus, a bonus of plus one to their fight value, regardless of number of Dunlending hero models in that range. Bloody hell, that would be uh... <laughs> a little brutal. Though, <laughs> yeah. no, no, could have been fun for fight nine. <laughs> yeah, but would it have been game breaking for Dunlending? So they're not exactly the top tier faction, are they? You've not got many heroes that in there anyway, and to have them all in the same fight would make it quite interesting, but. Oh, the you good models do. have got double-ended axes anyway, so, so they're always at minus one. Exactly, and the occasional situation where that could work really well would have been would have been really cool. But yeah, again, but it still makes sense the way it is as well, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, fair enough. Um, and then we on, on to Quest of the Ringbearer. 
Yes, designer's commentary. Does Mablong's bird call special rule mean that Mablong and friendly rangers of Gondor within six inches of him can target enemy models with the stalk unseen special rule, even if they're more than six inches away? Yes. Straightforward. Fair cop. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong side. Um, can Barlam and Butterbeer use his Barlam and Butterbeer at the Your Service special rule to benefit a hero model that is part of the Fellowship, but is not part of the Fellowship army list, such as Gandalf the Grey from the survivors of Lake Town, Aragorn, King Elisar, or Legolas Greenleaf, Prince of Mertwig? And the answer is, only hero models taken directly from the Fellowship army list. Again, I would have, can't imagine why that's a question, to be honest with you, but... Um, that's a bit gamey, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Especially for bit, that book. It's, bit, it's not quite as gamey as trying to use Boromir's uh, Might and Will from Mary from a from your opposing army list, but uh, it's in the same kind of ballpark. But fair enough, I suppose people do. We don't. We wouldn't think about allying in the normal fellowship with Legolas Greenleaf, Prince of Burtwood. We, we, we just don't gain that way. But I suppose that um, you do need clarifications for, for tournament playing and things. So I suppose it makes sense in that, in that regard. Um, uh, yep. Know. Can Gimli use his Galadriel's locks to re-roll the dice of friendly models in a dual roll or only his own dice? Uh, only his own. I reckon if anyone else tried to take one of those hairs off him, he'd probably cut their hands <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to be giving away um, his elf hairs. Um, <laughs> move on from there. Um, when, as part of the depths of Moria Legion, can the Balrog target Grima Wormtongue with its and flame special roll? Yes. So, um, my cat's just arrived and clawing that money. Um, last one, Dan. And then we're done. Okay. If a Ring Wraith model declares a heroic move, can they still use their Screech of the Nazgul in the same turn? Yes. The Screech of the Nazgul allows them to use the channel version of Transfix, though it's not itself declaring the use of a heroic channel. Okay. Makes sense. It's scenario-specific, isn't it? So. Yeah, absolutely. It's all good. And we're at the end. I like, and, you know... I think the feedback, it felt like there was a lot of noise around this, but I don't think there was any more than normal, if I'm honest with you. I felt because in many, because people haven't been going to events and discussing rules as much as they normally would because of questions that have come up in events and things that have happened. Um, and all the chatter around Middle Earth is very, very much more around narrative gaming and battle companies and all the, the other things that go around with the hobby. And when this came out, I think it was just a bit of a, it felt almost felt like a bit of a surprise that people were talking about rules interactions and, and the, uh, the, um, the, the, the challenge to everyone was the, the horsey one, wasn't it really? That's the one that got everyone thinking and talking. And because that was quite quick that that kind of blew up internet wise, um, it felt like it was almost felt like, well, why are people reacting to what felt like, feels like a very kind of non-event FAQ in many ways. I would say that was the only one that really stood out as, as anything that had any real conversation around, at least from my point of view. Um, so, yeah, I think if they clarify that, I think they need, like I said earlier, I think that would be nice if they went back and it doesn't have to be now. I think or the next the next one in August, I don't think it needs to be one of the news that needs changing right away because I think it's quite clear now that the implication is that's going to be the same for all, all mounts because that's we've been, based on Jay's comment, it's been doing it, we've been all been playing it wrong. Um, but that says to me that's another FAQ that needs to be part of another FAQ, considering how many people didn't realise they were playing it wrong. Um, so it'll be a designer's commentary thing, I am sure, but um doesn't matter. So it won't affect me too much. I don't think it'd be interesting to see whether that changes the list for the 
later on in the year when people start playing events. All those countries that are playing events, so those down down under, who were fairly open in their countries at the moment, I got events and things happening. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about it. Be interesting to see what uh, guys over at the Green Dragon say about it as well, because they'll have, they'll have, they'll talk about it in the context of their own meta over there. Um, one that's kind of alive at the moment rather than holding pattern like ours is over here but cool um, it's cool. I still quite enjoy that even though that's not something that when we sort of plan our shows out it's not something that will always be top of our list of fun things to talk about um, I think we've both felt that we wanted to to cover it um, yes worth, worth addressing because it does shake a few things up and I've learned from it I'd imagine you've done the same yeah yeah it's nice to talk about it it's nice to kind of cover because I know we'll have listeners that do like those kind of things as well so it's nice to dip away from our usual kind of very sort of softy softy chat even though that wasn't exactly uh, highbrow stuff there from us um, we probably missed missed some obvious comments on certain things that people were shouting at their speakers and going well you, you just read that and said yeah okay this is huge you understand what that's done to my army but you know, from, from my own point of view, it seemed pretty straightforward. Um, and it bought me some more time to get my more stuff painted. <laughs> <laughs> so a timely FAQ. I, I remember messaging you a, few, a couple of weeks before it came out, or maybe a week before it dropped, saying, it's a FAQ in Feb, isn't there? And I was thinking, I need this FAQ, because it means that we can do an FAQ show, <laughs> rather than having to find something else to do, because I don't think I'm going to get these goblins painted. So, um, Jay, thank you very much. You, Jay and, and the Middle Earth team and Rob, thank you for bringing out this FAQ. And Dan now as well, because I think he's involved in that. Thank you for bringing out an FAQ that solved the problem of me not having my Moria army painted for what was the planned, planned episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, let's take a little break. And when we come back, you will be without me for a few more minutes. This will be Dan for another heroic guest match at the moment, as Dan is joined by a special guest. Take care, and we'll see you on the other side. And welcome back. So uh, it is the second of this season's uh, heroic guest match. So uh, this time I am joined by Jamie Harcourt-Billingham. So uh, listeners to the podcast and those in more established in the Middle Earth community may not know this gent yet, but uh, he's far more so prominent in the, the heresy scene. He's uh, one of my friends and I've invited him on to uh, come roll some dice with me. So without further ado, hi, Jamie. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all. Thank you for joining me on this uh, slightly bleak looking Wednesday evening. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Oh, well, so I've been hobbying for, I can't remember how many years now, um, more probably around 10 or 12 years, I reckon. Um, started off the standard sort of way with uh, sort of Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Battles, 40k, uh, and then sort of had a little hiatus of it and got back into it through the Horus Heresy novels. Uh, and then I've been playing Horus Heresy for about, gosh, about five, five years or so. I can't really remember now. Um, so that was my mainstay for a long time. Um, Little, uh, sort of a few years ago, uh, Dan uh, started talking about uh, Lord of the Rings game and things like that, and then has slowly beaten me into submission to join in and have a go at Lord of the Rings. Uh, massive fan of the films and, and and such, so it was a no-brainer for me. Uh, so I'm very new to Lord of the Rings and the game system itself. Um, I only got a couple of sort of demo-type games under my belt, um, but I have started a Mordor army. Uh, after uh, grinding to a halt on a um, Thranduil's Halls 
uh, army. I've I've gone over to the dark side. Uh, oh, wrong fandom. Um, and uh, I've started doing a uh, Mordor army. Um, so I've I've got a very small thing, but I based it around the um, uh, classic scene of my mind's gone blank. Um, Minister of uh, Minister of that was it. I couldn't think of Gondor, but that's right. Yeah, with uh, when uh, Gandalf says, um, "You are men of Gondor." hold the gates and then three trolls burst through. Uh yeah, so I've got three trolls in my list and some Mordor um some Moran and Orcs and stuff. So yeah, very sort of thematic to that sort of scene I've tried to keep it to. Uh but uh, outside of Lord of Rings, obviously Horus Heresy is a, a big uh part of my hobby. Uh also I'm very much into Dungeons and Dragons RPG game. Uh, I love role playing. I'm about to start a campaign a new campaign where I'm DMing, Dungeon Mastering. So very excited for that. Um, all sorts of other things. I recently got into casting. Going to do some casting for Dice, uh, being my mainstay. Um, I also am a part of uh, a podcast, like down here, uh, based around Horus Heresy. Uh, we are on a hiatus, mainly because we are very focused around the hobby and... Uh, going to events and the pet for that and obviously at the moment with the state of the world we are going to events um so there's not really much for us to we don't want to t- talk about the same things that a lot of the podcasts do so well um so we've just sort of like taken a step back hobbying in other systems like Lord of rings 40k uh, infinity all sorts of other things um and then yeah uh, once we get back up to running events we'll get to events with start putting some stuff in the car. um we are the heralds of heresy um we are on facebook uh there is a community page if you're interested in heresy uh specific one for that otherwise we've got the heralds of hobby which is when we decided we were going to do other things and play around with the systems we wanted to share that with our community so we've got like a heralds of hobby which has got everything involved in it um we also do a uh, another group called the um, hobby pledge uh, heralds of hobby pledge um, it's where we pledge each fortnight, I think. Um, one of my co-hosts runs it, um, which has been really great. A lot of people have gotten back into like hobbying through lockdown and all that sort of stuff to be able to go and just have a little bit of a motivation because events are normally my biggest motivation. Uh, and it's good to have a little goal. And we've been putting like, competitions out for whoever can finish their pledges, get put into a prize draw and things. So, yeah, that's... That's pretty much me um, going on. Um, I'm excited to give this a go. I have not rolled dice in a while, apart from online Dungeons and Dragons. So it's uh, I've got some actual dice in front of me. So it's quite fun. It is a bit of a novel thing, really, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. since I, mean, I think the long, last time I rolled dice in anger, so to speak, was probably <laughs> in the summer. Yeah, in the summer. Yeah, that would have been the same same sort of time. Um, I had uh, in my my place had a few people over in the garden. When it was nice, beautiful weather, uh, managed to sort of have a good, good enough space where we weren't in each other's space, but still together when we could. But obviously, uh, can't at the moment. So hopefully, we'll back to normal this summer, but we'll see. So, without further ado, which matchup have you, you chosen? Who are you bringing to the fight for yourself? Well, I couldn't be starting a Mordor army without bringing somebody from Mordor. So I have gone for somebody from the Gondor War um, book. Uh, I've gone for Zagdush. The uh, orc captain. Very nice, and uh, we decided to go for Ingold, warden of Ramasek, mm. for the uh, sort of the defender on the home team for me. So, uh, do you want to walk us through uh, Zagdush's profile then? Yes. So, Zagdush, orc captain, um, orc Mordor infantry, hero of fortitude. 
uh, sitting at 60 points. Uh, his profile sat line is move value of six inch, uh, fight four slash four plus, um, strength is four, defense is five, uh, three attacks, uh, two wounds, uh, and a fourth character. Uh, the he has three might, uh, one will, and one fate. Uh, his war gear is uh, he has armor and two swords, uh, and then his uh, heroic abilities are heroic strike and heroic strength. And then he has a special rule as well, which is Reckless Fighter, um, which is at the start of the fight uh, fight involving uh, Zagdush, before any dice are rolled, uh, Zagdush may choose to decrease his defense by one and increase his strength by one. Uh, this effect lasts until the end of the fight. Uh, and that's him. Well, in the yeah, he's just a bit of a ferocious nut, mm. isn't he? Which I, I really mm-hmm. love. I'm definitely... Yeah. Definitely going to get him. Yeah. Model. You've got the model, haven't you? I've got him. Yeah, he was one. He was the first model I painted. I picked him up in a big, uh, a, a big job lot, uh, and I was just like, "Yeah, I wanted to paint him." So he's just cool. I like the story about him. Yes. Yeah, see, I've gone for Ingle, uh, Warden of Ramas Echo. He, he is sixty-five points, so he's ever slightly more expensive. Uh, although I can't work out why. Uh, he's Man <laughs> Gondor, Infantry Hero of Fortitude. His movement is also six. His fight is also four, four plus. His strength is also four. He has got defense seven. Um, he's got two attacks and one less. Two wounds, courage of four, three might, one will, one fate. So very, very similar. It's just the defense bonus, but you've got more attacks. So mm-hmm. kind of relatively well matched on that one. I've got heavy armor, mm. sword and shield, heroic strike and heroic defense. So I don't have the strength, unfortunately. So you're almost doubling down on that. Um, he does have shield ball, so he interacts very well with the rest of his force. Um, and he's a resolute fighter, so it doesn't actually bear relevance to this, but uh, Ingold and friendly Gondor warriors within three inches of Ingold do not back away if they lose a fight. Their opponent must back away instead, which is actually pretty cool, uh, uh, sort of holding the line, as would befit the Warden of Ramos Echo, really. So I'd say quite well matched out, less ferocious than yours, but uh, a, little, mm. a little bit more survivable. So, um, who's your money on? Oh, it's got to be Zagdish, hasn't it? Unfortunately, I kind of agree with you, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so, without further ado, let's uh, let's get to rolling. So, first thing first, are you going with Reckless Fighter? I am going to use Reckless Fighter. I think go straight in for it. He is Reckless after all. Yeah, well, you'd be foolish not to, really, wouldn't you? Because he, he mm. does definitely change the um, six to, to wound to a five to wound. It's well worth it. Mm. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go for strike for my first round of combat. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm going to copy you in that. I'm going to spend a might and go for a strike. Right. I've got a three, so I'm up to fight seven. I've got a five. Fight nine. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's roll off. So what do I get? I've got a four high. Uh, I've got a five. Uh, I've got a six. It wouldn't have mattered anyway on that one. Then Okay, brilliant. Yeah. So... Uh, Three strikes, fives will do it. Three strikes. Uh, a six and a five. Right, so I've taken a wound already, and does my point of fate save the other? Six! For once! For once. Right, okay, so I've got, <laughs> got no more fate. So, second round, are you going to go for um, Reckless? I'm going to Reckless, yeah. Okie dokie. So I'm going to go again. A two, yeah. so we'll fight six. Uh, heroic strike for me, a two as well. Ooh. So we're both fight six. Right. I've got a pair of fives. Ah, four. Highest I've got. 
I'm going to push my last point of might to a six uh, to ensure I win that fight. So I've mm -hmm. got two chances to strike on you. So you are defense five. Four now. No, oh. defense four because I did reckless. You did indeed. Ooh, this did. might be bad time. Well, it depends because you've got two wounds and a, a point of uh, fate as well. So Thanks we're going So again, fours. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've got yep. one four. So does your point of fate save him? A wound, anyway. Uh, okay. Oh, I got a two. That's right. So we're both run out of fate, and we're down to a wound each. And I'm over each. So you've got a point of might left. Are you going to go for strike again? Yes, I am. Okay, uh, reckless go. fight in as well. Yep. Fair dues, fair dues. Oh, and then I go to... I've got a four, so I am eight at the moment. Eight. Fight eight. And so let's go for the duel. I've got a five high. Oh, too high. Oh, no. Oh, right, so I'm going to need one four to murk him. Oh. Double two. Would you oh. Double two. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay. Right. So we're, we're now uh, both run out of symbols uh, mm. there. So um, are you going to go reckless or are you going to... I am reckless in, yeah. Right, okay. Let's go out with a bang. So I've got a three high. Five high. Oh, I was thinking shielding this turn as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, one, okay. five more. I got a five. Oh. And that, as they got say, it. is that... See, I, that was hard fought. That was hard fought, and I thought I was going to have it then. Um, yeah. Once again, pushing defeat from the jaws of victory, as anyone who listens regularly yeah. will completely understand. Blimey. <laughs> even that, even I might have. Nice rolling came into very good effect then. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that even if I said Stu sent me, he's wants his microwave. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining. Um, is there anyone you would like to share? Oh, thank you for having me on. Oh, yeah, of course. No problem. You see, it's good to hear other voices. Uh, and, uh, get like that. Anyone want to chat? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I've already spoken about Herald's, Herald's Heresy. Um, get onto the Facebook if you have any remote uh, interest in the Horus Heresy. Uh, we are on there for Facebook, um, Instagram as well, same tag, Herald's Heresy. Um, we have got, uh, like I said before, the Heralds of Hobby. Uh, and the hobby pledge, Harold's hobby pledge. Um, get yourself on there. Uh, we're running little competitions for the pledge. If you need that little motivation, uh, the Harold's of Hobby is a great little one because it is uh, quite a nice community we've got going on there. So if, mainly, if people are asking for advice, they'll sort of pop on there and then show sort of working progress pics and, and things like that. So yeah, that's my main one. Um, just hopefully we can all just get together soon and all get to events. I'm really looking forward to. Um, getting the rest of this uh, small model force finished up uh, in time for some yeah. events. Uh, and yeah, just looking no forward problem to at all. Cheers for joining us. It's been really fun. Um, and thank you for letting me, let me on. And we're here at the end of another show. Thank you, Jamie, for filling in. Um, when I wasn't around, um, it was nice listening to you uh, chat with Dan and, and what an interesting deathmatch that was as well. Um, so 
we're here at the end of the show for all the normal shenanigans. So Dan, before we go, um, do you want to shout out your um, your planned charity uh, thing again? Yes. Um, chances are by uh, the time everyone's listened to this, uh, it would have been out in the public domain. But yes, just to recap, uh, please do consider um, donating uh, to get in on the raffle, or even if you've only got uh, a pound or so to share. I know that uh, times are tough for a lot of people at the moment. But uh, the link to the Just Giving page will be on all our social medias and in the show notes of this particular episode. Please do consider donating because uh, can't do uh, do a lot of good work and it is something that uh, we both believe in quite strongly. Um, and generally on top of that, um, you know, it, it's, it's good to share a bit of love in the, uh, the old community for Middle Earth and uh, make some better use of the models that I may not necessarily find useful. And on top of that, I'd just like to give the usual shout out to all the content providers. Um, obviously, we've touched on Green Dragon and Harry, also uh, Damien and Steve, who now have um, an actual uh, Facebook profile page for the Battle Streams in Middle Earth, finally. <laughs> so please do go find them and uh, give them a follow and a like, and then uh, you know consider joining us on uh, every other Friday to get involved in the fun. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I am. I've missed last two live ones, I think. I've got some catching up to do it's just harder to catch up i used to put them on when i was painting but now it's kind of get stopped every few minutes when i've got a, a math question to answer or to print off the next worksheet for uh, jacob or something so when i did miss them i would find quite easy to catch up on stuff but uh, i'm looking forward to catching up on them when i can um and hopefully soon um i'm looking forward to catch start catching them live again it'll be nice as well when i'm not working all the evenings um but anyway we won't ramble on about that. I did that at the beginning. So uh, thank you again for listening to the show. Um, as usual, just a quick reminder of all the places you can get in touch with us and interact with us. So we have a Facebook page. Um, there's links in the show notes if you want to go over there and, um, and give us a like or a follow if you don't want to publicly like us um, and out your nerdy selves. Um, you can join our Facebook group. There's a link within that. You should be able to find them fairly easy on Facebook just by searching out the Frying Pan Podcast. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at OOTFP Podcast and on Twitter at OOTFP. You can email us directly at OOTFP Podcast at gmail.com. And please check out our YouTube channel as well. Again, links for all of this in the show notes. We haven't put anything up for a little while, but as soon as these um, goblins are sorted, so it's probably going to be about another month maybe, but I will start hitting the Smaug videos fairly fairly hard as I'm um, as I'm doing that because that'll be all my personal hobby. I don't think I'll be doing much else. So we'll start to see that uh, see that done. Hopefully that will be done for the beginning of uh, sort of the end of springtime. It'll all be complete and finished. So there will be more video content going up there. Yeah, I'm gonna put this out there now. I had planned on doing uh, a video on stripping miniatures uh recently, but I actually had a mayor of a job doing the one that I was actually planning <laughs> on doing for that. So uh that'll be coming out soon as well. So unfortunately you will have to put it with me again, but there will be coming content on the uh, best ways of stripping miniatures for, you know, recycle and reuse. Absolutely. And and the fact that you struggled to strip that miniature meant that you got some experience of her and that it can still be a bit of a pain sometimes. And uh, you can always check out the tip that I gave you on that horrible um, paint stripper that uh, you don't really want to use without massive thick gloves on and, and a full... full all PPE. But anyway, um, we will definitely be putting some more videos up there soon because we enjoy doing it. It just takes a little bit longer to do. And as you've probably already gathered from uh, me uh, talking at the beginning of the show, time is 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 is, uh, is, is, is 
challenging at the moment so to record videos and edit those is even harder anyway we will let you go thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon Run!